Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Neon Crew Podcast. My name is Kyle. And I'm going to go by my government name of McLean. Hello, McLean. Hey, guess what? Chicken butt. It's Valentine's Day. Hey, how about that? <laughs> yep. Shout out to all you lonesome suckers out there, all right? Sh- shout out to Valentine's Day. Y- you know, Mac. What? Um, you know, we've we've known each other for quite a while. You quite know, we, some time. We used to work at uh, Sam's Club together. You know, I'd see you almost on a daily basis. Yep. And now I still see you pretty regularly. You know, we have a show together. Yep. And, uh, you know, we still, we still like, when we can, because we're both very busy men, uh, try like to see... Like how you said men. Yes. Uh, uh, try to see each other outside of, of this sort of um, coming together for the sake of recording right you know? every every once in a while we'll get that chance like when we got to see french dispatch together go out to dinner a few times oh, you know and we also miss some chances too yes uh, uh for sure we have <laughs> we'll get to that later but uh it's one of the topics for today's episode but i just wanted to say that i consider you to be my my valentine for hey the day. For, for for today for, for today these next two hours for yeah for, we'll, sh- we'll share these in the cinema for moment. the duration of recording as soon as we're done recording i'm not going to talk to you it's fucking over <laughs> capitalist pig <laughs> friendship with mac ended hey no new, i'm cool new about friendship that, with uh new friendship with gideon started <laughs> I just replace you. <laughs> Gideon shows up. I'm out. <laughs> it just cuts like mid recording. Like it's Gideon's voice. We don't even acknowledge the fact that it's a different person. Yeah. Just keep going. He actually like I, it, the sentence ends. He, and then he just comes in and goes, er, and then it just, knocks, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you just like stitch in his voice. <laughs> it's not even the same word. Um, That's special, man. Yeah. Hey, no, I'm happy to be here on this special, special day, you know, celebrating uh, the exchanging of V cards. Yeah, dude. Uh, if you if you follow us on the Facebook, you'll see uh, that I posted a little bit of uh, a Valentine card in the form of Only God Forgives, Ryan Gosling's character. Um, and also Mac posted it on the Twitter, too. Um, a little bit of a more of a niche market, I would say, but on our Twitter, I, would yeah, say I so. almost put to all 15 of our followers <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna hold off on that. Maybe it won't read well in three years from now when we have 16. Exactly. Um, you're being very generous anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, happy Valentine's day to you and to our listeners. Um, all 30 of you, because mm. that's pretty much like the average view count we get at least on YouTube. Uh, Spotify is a little bit more, but I find that like we get the most views on YouTube at least. That's pretty dope. And it's funny because I can tell like which episodes do the best based on like what movies we talk about. Because our Matrix Spider-Man one got a, an okay amount of views. I mean, compared sure. to what we normally get. Whereas like something like um, Bone Tomahawk and uh, what other movie did we talk about then? With um, Bone Tomahawk, French Dispatch, maybe. Well, even that one got a little bit of okay views, I would say. But okay. like some some episodes do better than others, just based on the movies we talk about. So we'll see how this one performs, I guess. But uh, yeah, thanks for for listening, you you lovely you lovely boys and goyles, and uh, happy happy heart candy day, chocolate. Uh, go eat some, and you know what? Even if you. Uh, even if you are are single and by yourself and lonely and uh, floating on this rock uh, that we call Earth in an everlasting existence of solitude and isolation, oh, 
just put on a movie. Escape reality for a good two hours, uh, hour, Well, depending hour on the movie, so it could be a bad two hours. Could be a bad two hours. You're still escaping, though. You're still escaping. Get out of that bubble. That's the important part. Right. Just <laughs> keep that in mind. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got some movies to talk about, but before we do that, yeah. um, I figured we could maybe go over... Because uh, there's some Oscar stuff happening, I guess. Okay. Like uh, they announced all the nominees. And I'm going to be real honest with you. Uh-huh. Most of the nominees that are on the list of uh, different categories. Part of Apple production. I have not. Well, certainly uh, Tragedy of Macbeth is. Oh, um, I do want to see that. Is that McDermott and Denzel? Uh, Denzel is in it uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's even nominated for Best Lead Actor. Which really? Which is kind of cool. So. Yeah. It's on Apple TV, though, so I have to bum the account from my friend Mikey. So uh, one of these days I have to give him a shout-out and be like, hey, can I can I use your Apple TV? Because oh, I've used his Hulu before really? on multiple occasions. Okay. Because yeah. I, I, I'm just a bum and I haven't paid for it yet. You're right. Um, eventually I will because I do want to go through like all the Always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes. But anyway... I figured uh, we could maybe talk about it a little bit, I guess, before we get into like the movie. I guess we discussions. Could. Um, do you, Do you give a shit about the Oscars at all? Do I? Yeah. Every year, uh, I wager money with friends and family as we pick our winners out of what is it, twenty seven or thirty categories? It's uh, yeah. It's like I feel like it's. Hold on, I can give a quick count. I'll edit this out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-three, 23 categories. Yeah, so you know, if you get if you get around twelve to fourteen, right, you're sitting in the money. Yeah. Um that's uh that's a good uh idea to do to keep it interesting, because otherwise it would just be Really wagering kinda, money or yeah wagering money because oh, okay. if you're just watching it on your own it's like uh like you, you get some value out of it and mm-hmm. the most value you get out of it is like kind of the cringe factor because mm. it's always fun to see just celebrities be cringy on on stage and on tv Not on live really. tv it's kind of weird isn't it that they can go and entertain millions of audience members but their one moment for two minutes they just absolutely fucking crumble yeah and uh that's the only moment that people ever remember is yeah. when things get a little weird like when jimmy kimmel picked up that one kid and like held him up lion king style during like i think it was like the 2017 oscars or it might have been 2018 Lordy. i don't know it was like, yeah, it might have been the same year that Black Panther got nominated for like best picture, which is kind of funny. Um, but ah, they had a lot of well, there is a lot of politicking that goes on. Yeah, a lot of politicking in that I don't give a shit. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, I'm not going to go through every category. That would just take way too long. Let's go to the important ones. Short animated feature. Go. Uh, yes. Uh, so makeup and hairstyling. Uh, coming to America. No, I'm not going to. Mm. These Sorry. are usually only three in there. I'm uh, I, I I'm not going to focus on that one specifically. I am going to go to uh, the best picture nominees. Okay. But uh, I will admit I have not seen most of these, which I feel like I'm. There's I, I ten, right? I feel like a little insecure, right, about my my movie watching habits, and I've only seen two of the movies that are nominated for best picture. Two well, out of the that ten. That doesn't don't let dude. That's what the fucking you don't be sheep. I that's don't want to be gotta sheep. Be, that's you the can't thing. be sheep. I can't. But we don't you know, need the. We you don't, can't help but feel like some obligation to, to our listeners. Like, 
to our listeners and like to ourselves as people who who love movies and love talking about movies and thinking Maybe. about them in a critical way. Um, I don't know. It'd be like, you know, living in 1936 Germany. Someone would be like, I haven't seen Hitler talk yet. Could you believe that? I need to go watch him speak. Like, I love, don't be that guy. I love the fact that you compared the Oscars to Everything the Third Reich. Hitler. <laughs> it all comes back. Um, but I guess uh, a lot of people, myself included, uh-huh. are... A little bit puzzled by the fact that Adam McKay's Don't Look Up is nominated for Best Picture. Have you seen it's, that movie? Uh, no, I really want to, though. Um, I saw it uh, pretty much when it came out, uh-huh. and I thought it was fine. I okay. thought it was a average movie that I summed up in a way that I'm kind of proud of, in that I, I compare it to uh, an episode of South Park. It's basically a live-action South Park movie mm-hmm. because it tries to convey this really important message throughout the entire thing. And that's really, like, a big reason why people like the movie is because they think it's, like, the most important movie they've ever seen. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all well and good, and that's, like, your opinion, man, or whatever the dude Get says. Um, Get him, dude. But the fact that it's important and the message is important doesn't make it necessarily a great movie. Because a lot of it is just really on the nose and obvious, and it genuinely feels like it's just a big budget South Park episode. Like the movie does what episodes of South Park have like already done, pretty much. It just points out the ineptitude of humanity and pop culture and the lack of urgency in the crisis that happens in the world. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, we know that that stuff is happening, but. The, the way that you just convey it in this movie and act like it's the most important thing in the world doesn't necessarily make it a good film. Like, it's very obvious and on the nose. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's just my thinking, and a lot of people think that same thing, and I feel like it was worth mentioning because uh, a lot of people, myself included, feel that it shouldn't be nominated for Best Picture necessarily. See, now that's what I'm talking about. We need to have a little bit of polarization on this thing because I absolutely think it needs to be nominated. You haven't seen it yet. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll circle back to it. And uh, we'll add some shock value. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I personally would have liked to see uh, Tick, Tick, Boom get a uh, best picture nomination really which is a lot for me to say because i'm not a big fan of musicals and uh-huh. i really enjoyed that film okay and uh they even nominated andrew garfield for uh lead actor in a performing role for uh tick tick boom no it, the in the academies yes oh okay yes um so yeah it's you interesting he's gonna win it i don't think he's gonna win it i mean based on who else is who's in, in here um there's javier bardem from being the ricardos i haven't seen it benedict cumberbatch from the power of the dog i haven't seen that andrew garfield tick tick boom will smith and king richard and then denzel washington in the tragedy of Macbeth. really yeah so he's got Mm. he's got he's kind of stacked against him uh and i don't think he's gonna win he's probably the last one i pick out of all and i haven't seen any of those movies (laughs) uh tick tick boom's on netflix yes uh Macbeth's on apple yes uh, King Richard or King Dick, Power as I like the, to call it. Uh, HBO Max, probably. Power of the Dog, I've seen actually. I actually, Power of the Dog is on Netflix. I was gonna go with actually Cumberbatch, but that might be biased. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, 
it, you can still go for them. That's fine. As long as you acknowledge your bias, it, it's all good. Oh, wait, does it work like that? Yeah. It's okay. Just say, hey, I'm biased, and then you can say whatever you want. Yeah. I've only seen this one movie, so I'm going to go with the guy that I've seen. There you go. the four that I haven't. But I do want to see Macbeth. Okay, what is it? It's the tragedy, uh, the of, Macbeth. tragedy of Macbeth. Now it's only half a Cohen that directed it. Yeah, I think Joel is the one who directed it, not Ethan. Mm, okay, that's yeah. good because I thought it was Joe and Joel. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that gets confusing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gets uh, gets a little hard to keep track, especially when there is like a Joel Cohen and an mm. Ethan Cohen. Yeah, who aren't related to. So Either Cohen brothers, there's four and they're not even related now. to each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say. Now we're dealing with four people that are all similar. <laughs> you know what happens is that like they have uh, they have the alias. Yeah. You know, like whatever you've also gone by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had a list of names, and they go, "Fuck, man, Ethan and Joel Cohen have already been taken." Yeah. Well, I'll take the next one. Yeah. It's like a Reddit username. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just you can actually look. One of the letters is capitalized in the last name, the yeah. H. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the O is capitalized for some reason. Yeah. Cohen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just want to touch on that for a bit just because I feel like Oscars are happening. We need to t- talk about Oscars for a bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm cool with moving on to... Uh, no, what, what's up with the best picture? I'm curious. Best I mean, picture? I, I'd like to... You know, it sucks. Is like, it's like, I want to go see these movies, but you can only... They're only getting it on, on like one platform now, so either you have to fucking you know download it illegally or bum you know someone's subscription. Right. So it's, or, I mean, or pay for it yourself if you want to go that route. Yeah, a lot of these movies I haven't even heard of, but I guess uh, I guess I'll have to look into them a little bit more. Well, now. we have to. I mean, we, you just shit all over. Don't look up, and it might be the best <laughs> one out of those ten. <laughs> uh, somehow I doubt it, but I guess I'll I'll read through the best picture nominees just yeah. real quick. Uh, so. Uh, the first one is Belfast. Mm, Second that one is uh, Kenneth. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kenneth Brown. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, I love his last name because I always just butcher it, so I just go for the silliest thing that I can Don't, think of. Isn't there like three G's back there or something? Uh, there's two A's, a G H, and uh, yeah, whatever else is in between. No, you can't have more vowels and consonants in a name. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kenneth Brown. Yeah. Um, I think I pronounced that right. Belfast. Isn't Shout that it's about like a silent picture? I'm not sure. I haven't heard of it before. Dude, let's just do let's play the game of I'll name the movie and Mac, you have to guess it. Okay. Uh all right, next one is Coda. Who? Uh you know that I think he's Coda? a rapper. Coda. No, that's Coda Kodak. Coda. No, that's a camera. No, that's a tin. No, you're thinking of Wizard Kodiak. of Oz. Who? You know, Tin Man, Wizard of Oz. Oh. Yeah. Man. Okay, so cool. Wizard of Oz got a nomination. Co- <laughs> Coda? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that about a... Oh, my God. Coda? Yeah. Sounds C-O-D-A. Like... Oh, Codeine. Yeah, oxy, Oxycontin. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Coda. Next. Um, I don't even know what the fuck that and then, is. And then Don't Look Up. Okay. Uh, Drive My Car. Miss Daisy. Uh, Dune. Hey. Shout out to Dune. Yep. Um, King Richard. Yep. Uh, licorice pizza, which I want to see. Same here. It, Paul Thomas Anderson. It, it did not make its way to the cinema carousel. Uh, Gideon and Lawrence saw it. I think it is at the cinema, but there's only like two times that it's showing. Maybe that's. I went to go watch it like when it first dropped, and the cinema in Muskegon cinema didn't have it. Like, I, I think they have spend. it now. Do they? I think they do now. See, I went and watched. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um, Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro. It's on Hulu. 
and HBO Max, I think. HBO Max has got some good shit. I was going to say, it is on HBO Max. I Dude, just need to have double down. You seen that? Last it. Duel, Nightmare Alley, and then one other one dropped on HBO Max. Yeah. Troll Hunters on HBO Max. Is it really? Yeah. Shit, I rented it. You didn't even go to IMDb? I didn't even check to look. Dude, I always forget IMDb, that I have it. IMDb, you go to IMDb and go uh, to watch options. Oh, well, that's fine. I'm okay with giving it money. Um. Oh, that's part of Yeah. Uh, preview for our discussion. Whoa. Um, okay, so The Power of the Dog <laughs> and then uh, uh, West Side Story. I would be in... Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah. Steven Spielberg directed that too? Yeah. Uh how good and how bad could that be at the same I time? I heard it's uh I heard it's decent. Yeah. Um, it pro- it's yeah. probably like vomiting pancakes. It's got the it's got the kid from Baby Driver in it. Uh Edge Ed, Ansel Elgort, whatever his name is. I thought he died. No, you're thinking of um Elgort Ansel? Yeah. No, you're thinking of Al Gore. <laughs> no, he's still uh, even though I think he's still alive. <laughs> he is still alive. <laughs> bro. <laughs> uh inconvenient truth, that'll be my film pick at the end. <laughs> Um, in memory of Al Gore. In me- <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, buddy. Yeah. Pouring this one out for you. He's actually listening. <laughs> oh. uh, new t-shirt. Yeah. R.I.P. Al Gore. He might sue us. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't want to get he mixed might unsubscribe. up with what he's got. I'd yeah. rather he sue us than unsubscribe, honestly. Seriously, Al, if you're listening, man, give us a like and give us a shout out. <laughs> Hit that bell so you know when the videos go up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, those are all the best picture nominees, nominations. I almost said nominations. Um, that would have oh, been silly of me. Man, it's slap happy time. It really is. Uh, I'm, I'm actually really tired. Really? Yeah, I got up this morning at like 442 because my clock is always like two minutes ahead of what my phone is so i always set it to like two minutes ahead of what i need to wake up by right and so i get up then i throw some clothes on and then i go to work and i was on my feet like all day because Dude, they it's work- valentine's day and i work in produce so i had to like deal with all the flower shit and uh people asking you questions you don't know people not really it's just Cross pollination. A lot, of, a lot of time, I was just like throwing flowers into buckets of water, and we had a ton, like an assload of flowers. Not even joking. And I, I know that I have a small butt. It's not a big butt by right, any means, but right, picture like right. the biggest butt you've ever seen. Times that by two. That's how many flowers I had to deal with today. Mm. Crazy, crazy. So assload. Yeah, absolute assload. So, yeah, I'm a little tired, but uh, I guess that makes for good content, I it guess. It will make for good content, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, speaking of good content. Oh, yeah. Um, Are we moving on from the Oscars? We're, I'm segueing into our uh, discussion okay. of Troll Hunter. Whoa! Your Uh-oh. film Uh-oh. pick Uh-oh. from last episode. <laughs> That's going to be hell for listeners sometimes. Um, so, Cut uh, this piece out. Put me in front of what just happened, and I will warn them you're about to hear something that's going to go off. Okay. I won't do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I anyway, tried, guys. you and I watched a movie called Troll Hunter. came out 2011? Oh, my. 2010. 2010. Oh, yeah. So I got um, a little bit of the... Do you want to uh, give a, a, a yeah. summation? Spoilers for Troll Hunter, by oh. the way. So one thing that I want to, I guess I should make clear. So I was talking to um, 
uh, piece of shit family member. Wow. Uh, uh, is he somebody who might have asked a question that we're going to answer I'm later? I'm not going to drop Sam's name. All right. So Way to be the better man. Yep. Uh, I try to be. <laughs> the best man. The better man. The best uh, man. You were best man at his wedding, weren't you? <laughs> I was, but I did not get the privilege of speaking. Oh, man. Yeah, I know, right? Well, say your piece now. I'm going to because I still have it written out. Sam, this is for you and Megan. Um, you know, I just want to no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably for the best. No, so, uh, you know, one of the things that I guess we wanted to highlight, too, is that, you know, I don't know if we talk about it enough, but we are like a coffee shop talk. Yes. Right? This is not something where you're going to get scholarly articles and facts and figures, although I did do it with this one because it kind of interests me. Now that we're going on budgets. <laughs> we're not going to do this thing that you want us to do that but, we're not going to cater okay. to, except I'm going to do this right well, now. Well, I got a little bit of stuff. So, I mean, it, it does help out, though, but it was it was uh, it made 2010. All right. I think that's when I saw it, or 2011. No, I saw it in 2010 because I was at, I was at uh, Grand Valley. Directed by Andre Orvredel. Uh. That is probably right. Okay, that's that's good. As long as we're there, because he has the thing with the O through the with the slash through the middle of it. Yeah, I don't know how you pronounce that. Oh, I failed. Now. I failed German in. Uh, oh, this is Norwegian, MCC. man. Maybe it is German. I don't know. Uh, uh it's probably Norwegian. That's what I'm You're about. probably right. Anyways, he directed Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Autopsy of Jane Doe, and Mortal, which is another Norwegian fairy tale flick uh, with some Norwegian mythology. Right, kind of crazy that he's. Getting... He has a uh, he has a taste. Dude, that's for sure. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, Troll Hunter, uh, real quick too, budgeted nineteen point nine million Norwegian krone. You know how much that shit's worth uh, in American dollars? I, I looked it up actually after the movie, but I kind of forget. Isn't it like one point two million? It is two point two three eight million. Okay. Yeah. So one krone's worth eleven cents. So suck it, Norway. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. I yeah. Don't ask me about uh, currency rates. It's <laughs> good. Me neither. <laughs> Google help me out. Google. All right. Yeah. Google so, help me. So I mean, this movie's filmed off. It's based off a lot of Scandinavian folklore and art. Um, it's about. It's essentially three college kids from Volta College. Nice. Yeah. I love the way you pronounce that. Dude, it's so hot. Uh, <laughs> and that's me talking to me. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> you guys like the Volta. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they go on, and there's uh, some some uh, wildlife that's being killed and uh, hunted down, and they kind of they're getting nervous about it, and they go through and they want to try to figure out what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And they get on the the, the trail of uh, a certain individual, and uh, they they approach him, kind of start tracking and trailing him, and uh, one night they go out, and he happens to reveal that there's trolls. Yep. in Norway. Mm-hmm. And the movie kind of just takes off from there. So it's a little bit of a, you know, the exposition kind of, it starts off one way and it completely dives into another way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's essentially how it goes. I mean, from there, you're with this guy uh, and the, the, the college students and just following them around. So yep. uh, with that, I mean, I, that's about, that's I think that's the simplest as you could get with it, with being spot on and 100% correct. Uh, yes. Or, um, actually, I got an easier one. You'd say they went troll hunting. That is uh, a very poignant statement right there. <laughs> it's one of my favorite words to use, uh, mostly because I can never pronounce it right. Um, so, oh. you recommended this movie. 
And I obviously, I, I so so stupidly didn't check HBO Max to see if it was on there. Don't beat yourself up, man. A lot um, of people didn't. And but, a lot of people confused the movie. But um, I am kind of glad that I did uh, rent a movie that I do think is of quality. Ooh. I liked it. I enjoyed it. There we go. Um, Satiate that. Satiate. Man. Satiate. Man, there you go. Mm. I made up for a uh, poignant. And uh, Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> we just get into what are like you doing to Kenneth. <laughs> <laughs> we just get into like the throat singing from Dune. <laughs> we just start doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I uh, good good uh, good film pick. Okay. I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought that the characters were interesting and uh, pretty varied for uh, the type of style that the movie is because it's very much a uh, kind of like a Blair Witch sort of mockumentary style. Yeah, film, and it was even uh, marketed almost kind of the same way that uh, Blair Witch was in that. Um, they tried their best to like hide the actors and um, like secretly film scenes uh, so that like people wouldn't like catch on to what they were doing and kind of like got down into like the nitty gritty of it, you know, put out fake articles, that sort of mm-hmm. thing, sort of like Blair Witch did. And you can kind of tell that it's like very much sort of inspired by that same like marketing folklore. Yeah, that was around the the culture of Blair Witch. Um, and I love the fact that it is for like a different type of genre other than horror. And you could, I guess, kind of argue that this is sort of a horror film at parts. We, yeah, I would, I agree a hundred percent. It's very tough to say that it is or isn't right. It's yeah. It's definitely more of like a dark fantasy, almost like kind of a comedy at some points. Did you, there was a lot of, there was a lot more lighthearted moments in this than something like Blair Witch. Blair Witch is a super like serious straight lace, like horror film. That's very effective and very good. Well, Um, let me just say, so you, yeah, no, you're spot on. And one of the things that I want to say is that the, uh, at the end of the film, at the very end, after the credits, there's a sequence that comes out that says no trolls were harmed during the filming of this movie. Yeah. And, uh, they even, I love the fact, too, that they edited that clip of the, I think, Norwegian prime minister yeah, talking. Because yeah, yeah. I, I guess I think that's a real interview that it, he was giving or like a real press conference. There is a field called the Troll Fields. Yeah. And uh, they, they edited the clip to make it seem like the prime minister just straight up acknowledges the fact that trolls exist. Yeah. And then the head of um, what was the organization's name? Yes. Yeah, troll, troll, troll something security. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the head of TSS, the who's like basically the main bad guy in the movie, he just like looks at the guy and he's like, "Oh, uh. like we just did all this shit to protect this." <laughs> he just goes and blurts it out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I love that like extra added like sense of realism, even though it's definitely like a high fantasy type of movie. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, and uh, I, I love the character of Hans too. I Wasn't think, he awesome? I think he's he's definitely my favorite character in the film for sure. And I think he's he's definitely the character in this movie that you're meant to like focus on and sort of like it attach does. yourself to if you had to like put your your a label on like a protagonist, it would definitely be him. It's his story. And they yeah. follow I mean they're it's you know, it's behind the markup of trolls, but they're definitely <laughs> following him. Yeah, and you get like a little bit of characterization with the film crew 
like yeah. the the main three that start out especially the the guy with the blue coat i forget his name oh, um yeah who the one who gets uh like bit by the troll or like scratched by it yeah and they're trying to figure out what the heck's going on yeah which it's kind of funny because like when you we're doing we're just giving everything away right like this yeah is yeah what we do all right coffee shop bitches so yeah. shut the fuck up if you got problems with our spoilers don't move to listen. a different table if you don't want to get the right. movie spoiled. yeah and don't karen don't karen? bug us <laughs> don't don't bug me karen all right but <laughs> no so he, it's kind of funny because the whole time if you think about it like at least for me when i was watching again because i didn't remember what happened to him mm-hmm I'm like, oh my god, is he gonna sprout a head? What's going on? Right. And then he just gets it's just rabies. He gets contaminated. Yeah. Like anything else that would. It's yeah, it's just sort of like a, a realistic yet still alarming uh fact of life of like getting bit by an animal. Yeah. Which is kind of like one of those funny things is this whole time you're like because you find out it's trolls and you're like, man, what's gonna happen to it? And it's just yeah. like you gotta go to a hospital, dude. You got rabies. Well, you get that side of it, but then you also kind of get the other side of like, oh, this dude could just straight up get eaten, like the camera guy does when they're trying to escape from the cave. Yeah. Tomas. 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 Um, is Tomas the blue coat guy? Yeah. Or okay, I don't know. The camera guy just call it camera guy. Okay, yeah, camera blue guy finish. gets. Uh, he meets a, a gruesome demise. Um, and they have to get a new camera lady to come out and replace him. One of the most wholesome parts of the film. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I thought this film was uh, pretty good overall. I uh, I enjoyed the uh, the tightness of the story. I enjoyed the fact that there is a decent amount of humor sprinkled into it. And uh, my one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when it's revealed that they uh, to to like fake the troll attacks on people. They always say that it's a bear attack. Yeah. And so the guy comes with a van and he pulls out these fake bear paws with sticks on them and he starts walking around with like bear shoes and these bear paws like in front of him just making these fake tracks and then later in the film when uh he's doing the same thing and uh all the people are like on the scene of the bear attack quote unquote the camera guy who you know he's he's already well in in the deep end of like the troll lore at this point he knows that trolls are a thing so he's like kind of teasing him like hey aren't these paws isn't the left one on the right side and the right side on the left one? Like, was that bear walking crisscross? Yeah. Was that... <laughs> I just thought that was like a really Did funny. Did you see what happened? So he says <laughs> that in the car. He goes over and talks to the guy and the car runs over the tracks. Oh, really? I yeah. Didn't, I didn't notice that part. Because then Ta- Tomas is like, hey, hey, the tracks. Where I, are you going? <laughs> yeah. I just noticed that he pointed it out and then the guy got embarrassed and he was like, oh, yeah. Leaving. And then all like all the other people like started asking the same thing. Like, yeah, what about these bear yeah. tracks? Like, Dude. The best part about that, too, is uh, so we were looking up a little geography that a Russian bear from St. Peter's, you know, from Russia made its way. So it would have went through Finland, Sweden, <laughs> and then halfway into Norway yeah. to get to where they're at. Like when they were doing the Russian bear thing, I was like, oh, yeah, I could definitely like, sure. Like you got to fake it as something. And yeah. then you look up. That bear would have traveled like fucking tracked like <laughs> ten thousand miles. Bear probably would have died on the way over. Oh my it. god! What the fucking bear would just go to Norway? Well, it just adds oh. to the absurdity of of the situations that the the people in the film like ha- are forced to acknowledge. Like, yeah, the people are forced to acknowledge the fact that it's a Russian bear in Norwegian territory, and then also the, with the power lines. Yeah, when they go to the power plant to point out the power line map. The guy basically goes like, "Does it? Don't you find it silly that this is like in a giant circle that doesn't connect to anything?" And he's like, 
I guess that is a little weird. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you guys can hang your coats up over there. Like I just, I love the the acknowledgement of like the absurdity of the the situations that they have to impose on themselves to keep the trolls in certain areas. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's just an added layer of the the movie that I really enjoyed. Like the kind of lighthearted element compared to Blair Witch. Because I always found myself comparing this movie to that just by default. Just the way that the film is made and the style of it and everything. What did you think of like the different types of like trolls and like the folklore and like the mythology behind it? Because like I was very pleasantly surprised at how detailed they were with like the different species of trolls you know right. they had like the mountain the trolls and yeah Yantnar, yeah uh, like the different kings. names for them yeah like the the types of trolls like the mountain trolls and the woodland trolls and yep. like how they would meet at this like ravine and there'd be like these battles going Rock on fights yeah you could see and it's just yeah they they made like this whole history for the trolls and it was really cool how like detailed it was, but then also it served the point of the story in that like these guys are just trying, like they're finding out that trolls exist for the first time ever. So they're of course going to try to learn all they can about them. Like it's exposition, but it doesn't feel forced. It's a good example of like a sort of like a show don't tell sort of thing. Cause he's like filling out the reports of like, yeah. uh, like the troll that he killed, like the first one that you see the, in the movie with the three TSF, heads. Or it's like a T, tdf or something like that like troll death form yeah yeah Yeah. it's a very like monotonous sort of form that he fills out it's what you do for taxes or like if you had to fill something some red tape shit out you know that you can need a form pass like you yeah yeah it was uh that was one thing that was lost on me when uh from from original viewing to this time Mm -hmm. uh i kind of forgot how uh so the so hans you know they meet hans and you find out um, he works for the government, this and that. I didn't, TSS always escaped me. I never paid attention to that. Mm-hmm. Finn, who was, uh, he was a guy that led the TSS, but he was also part of the wildlife council. Yeah. So he had, the that, that, that identity to hide, you know, who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they did a, I thought they did a really good job making it like, Hey, we're just going to take you audience member and put you in Norway and say that this is really happening. Yeah. And you know, it, it, they definitely did a great job, like you say, with the fluff and some of the lightheartedness because they make trolls out to be animals. Like at one point yeah. it says they're mammals. Mm-hmm. They reproduce, they eat, you know, they live for thousands of years. But like, so it, it, it's not like the Blair Witch where they're finding something that's killing or, you know, like some, you know, it is just like, hey, it'd be like if, you know, there, you, someone said there's a giraffe in Muskegon. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then we just go and try to find a giraffe. Like, obviously, there might be some peril involved, you know, or it's however. Like, yeah. It's like trying to deal with like an alligator. Yeah. In, in yeah. Florida. In the sewer swamps. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, you know, it'd be, it's one of those. It, they, I thought that it was just really, it's really fun. I didn't realize how much fun uh, it is just to be with them because they definitely take this dumbass concept <laughs> and put it in like in it's like very a believable silly. form right yeah so yeah and then they have the they have different species and they go through and he goes about you know uh you know how they exist you know how they they kind of their environments um impact and what they do and how they're and then something simple that gets infected and starts spreading yeah like what you mad cow disease and they could have easily gone the route of um like just an action movie where they just kill trolls the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that they didn't. I'm glad that they took like this creative Avenue with it and made it fresh. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, I really like the the fact that like it, like you said, it it feels like almost like a nature documentary at some points. That's you're like especially the scene when uh, he's got to get the blood sample. Oh my on the God. bridge. Yeah. Um. I when uh, when he got smacked after like the first go around trying to get the blood when he's wearing like that giant like metal suit to like protect him. I, I thought he was done for. Like, I did, yeah. He just gets straight up punched in the side, and you see his body just fly and hit the railing and just crumble to the ground, and I thought for sure he was dead. I, like, I just, I didn't, like, gasp, but I just had my jaw, like, open, just like, uh, uh, yeah, like, like what it. happened to this dude? Because you, it, <laughs> honestly, first time seeing it, you probably don't know what, the, so, like, okay, so it, when it opens up, you get... You know, they go and they, they find him. They try and he, yeah, he does this troll scream, right? Mm. And then they get out of there. You don't know what the hell's happening. It's yeah. just like, and so as an audience, it's like, all right, where are they going to go with this? Like, how much? Because in Blair Witch, they completely hide the thing the whole time. Yeah. You never, it's you always. You never see the Blair Witch. Yeah, exactly. So you're just living in that heightened hysteria of when's it going to. In this one, they're like, boom, here it is, troll, there you go. You know? Yeah. And so you think it's going one way, or it's like, oh, like you said, they're going to go and find these things, they're going to kill them. Mm-hmm. And then you, the guy starts talking. And then one of the best parts, he goes, it's a fucking dirty job. I hate it. I'm going to expose everything that's going on because yeah. I don't get overtime. I don't make bonuses. Like he gets into it's like a- shit you'd hear <laughs> someone at Sam's Club say about like why, like, I'm not, I'm not going to become a manager because they don't fucking, you know, cost of living's going up and they give me 10 cents instead of 25. Like, fuck this place. Yeah. And I think it's a good it's a good comparison that they they make between like the trolls and the bears in the film because you can take the scene when they're like stuck in the cave yeah with the other like or they were like mountain trolls or something mountain kings is yeah. mountain kings yeah yeah when they're stuck in the the cave with the mountain kings uh you could have easy you could easily like interchange those trolls with like actual grizzly bears true or cave bears yeah and it would have the same exact tone. Like same amount of danger, same exact tone, because uh, the movie just, just serves that purpose of like showing the trolls as as uh, as animals. Yeah, and uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I guess I will admit, uh, and, and this is completely acknowledging the fact that is it is like kind of a smaller budget like mm-hmm. indie film. Um, I still feel like I have to acknowledge the special effects. Like uh, so that's what I was curious about. Yeah, I, I really am curious. So when I first saw it in 2010, so 12 years ago, mm-hmm. um, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I'm the no, one you're that okay. I recommended it, and then all of a sudden, you know, I watched it on yesterday, and uh, I was like, I thought I was like at the time the CGI was a lot better than right. where it was at, and then so watching it again now, granted there, I think there's there's some clunky points in it. Uh, there is like um. I definitely think the first troll encounter is like the weakest in terms of special effects. Yes. Um, it's I, I and I don't know if it's just because of the fact that they chose to make it like a three-headed troll, or just the fact that like a lot of it was like night vision. Um, but I definitely think that that specific scene with that troll is like the weakest in terms of special effects. Um, I you know and I'm I'm gonna agree with that too, and mm-hmm. I and I also think it's because of scaling. Yeah. Um, for sure. And it, it is kind of like, I think it is also too like the weakest in terms of like the fact that it's like the first troll we see. Mm-hmm. So you're not used to seeing like that type of special effect throughout the movie quite yet. Right. Cause once you like get the ball rolling and you see more of them, 
mm-hmm. you can kind of like suspend your disbelief a little more. Like, okay, I can reference the last troll that I saw to this one, and I can sort of like set myself up to believe this scene a little bit more. Yes. So the fact that it's it is like the first scene kind of like has that going against it. Um, just in of itself. Well, and you got it. You know, the other part too is how choppy these types of movies are with the POV, which is actually mm-hmm. one of the things I just realized not to like yesterday watching it was like, man, there are a lot of edits for something that should be just straight filmed, especially if it's found footage. Yeah, you won't hit stop and then record again, like what they do. Right. So I mean, I, I know that you have to do it because of the film, but like as like, yeah, it nah. is. Yeah. But and at that point, I just kind of suspend my disbelief. I know. I, I'm. It's just one of the. I find it funny that it's found footage yet it's still edited. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's very true. But I'm with, like, so I think what happens too is the chalkiness or the, the choppiness of that with the first time seeing the CGI troll. I mean, it's like you kind of have to nail that one. Yeah. And I don't think they did. It, yeah. I. Yeah. For sure. It's definitely like a. You can tell that that's not where like all the CGI special effect budgets went to. Right. Agreed. Um, but I mean, like, you know, for 2010 and for um, holding you up, I don't yeah. think it would have held you up too much. But it definitely is noticeable to where we're at now with technology. I mean, for sure. You know, and this is, you know, like I said before, this is considering the fact that it is a smaller budget, like kind of indie film. 2.2 million. Yeah. Which now nowadays, when you think about it, it's like nothing. It's like a drop in the hat for like movie producers. Oh my god, you can go on. You could do a crowdsource and raise that. Yeah, if you uh, have a big enough following, for sure. But uh, it, uh, sort of the inverse of that is uh, the last scene with the last troll. The, Very good, right? Yeah, I I definitely thought, and you can still kind of tell, but for sure that you know that that's where like all the special effects budgets went to I, is yeah, that they, last troll i mean they make it the poster of the movie for god's sake and they i mean they do hit it but i also thought they did it so i i mean i think they did a great job with the scaling of that thing yeah but the other aspect though i mean is that when they're they're running between the legs of it as it's walking so i mean and that looks just as like like you would you know steven spielberg in jurassic park yeah you in, know in terms of special effects i thought that specific scene was mm-hmm. the best in terms of that um, cause it, it definitely like gives you that sense of danger. And I didn't feel like I was obligated to suspend my disbelief for it. Like I, I right. genuinely felt scared for the characters and you don't know. And that's funny too, that you talk about it like that. Cause like I had seen, I've seen this movie like four times. Like that's probably like my fifth time seeing it. Mm. Uh, and I still didn't remember. I was like, Oh fuck. Like, don't they get eaten by this thing? Like I'm <laughs> sitting there trying to remember. I was like, this is pretty fucking intense. Yeah. You know, uh, very much so. And, uh, there's that like sort of just added intensity, of course, too, with like the dude who's like bitten and you don't like you don't know when he's going to like go crazy with the rabies, too. You know, well, you don't even really know what's going on with him until they get the the phone call. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like the whole time. And it's funny because like he get he he had they put the tape on his jacket. So I think there's that cue of remember, he's bitten. Yeah. He's not going to always act like it. And you're never going to see him like always oh, sick. Mm. But they, it's always it because it, I. Dude, they tape up his fucking coat. And I'm like, that's so janky. Like, <laughs> go get a new coat or something, you know? But now that it's probably a cue so that every time you see it, uh, you just remember, oh, yeah, he's got something going on. Well, I just, yeah, in that point, too, I just assumed that the characters, like the film crew, were so invested in what this guy was doing for a living and the fact that trolls existed that they would not drop anything 
yeah. to to like abandon that sort of project that they were working well, on. They were like deep into it at that point. The, dude, oh, they've it, remember you find trolls have been around for thousands of years. You know how much fucking history <laughs> if that was true would be going on yeah. with Norway like You've only found about the cover-ups for the last 30 years. Mm. Like, these things are, like, he goes, they live to be, you know, 1,000, 1,500 years old. Like, think of how much shit's been covered up for that long. And, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, like. And, and they're you're just now found, finding out about iceberg. it. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine the thirst you'd have to figure out, like, all right, like, the power, like, oh, yeah. I'm telling, it's rich conversation. Like, that's one of the funny things, too. Uh, so I watched it with someone, and, uh. We were talking, and like I'm like, it's kind of funny because this poses like this movie, like yeah, it poses a lot of dumbass questions. <laughs> like you don't even think. Uh, so I mean, you don't have to answer it now, but if you think about it, because we were talking about it, you know, do you think that what they were doing was right, killing the trolls like that to preserve, you know, Norway's peace of mind? Or I think uh, there's definitely like a a admirable quality to what Hans did. Mm-hmm. Hans being like the 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 troll hunter in the movie. Because I just looked at it as if he was like this really uh, high risk taking DNR officer in a way. Oh yeah. Because you know DNR officers and and just like environmentalists in general, I guess, you know they have to keep track of like the population of certain animals, and sometimes they have to like put animals down if they get into like different territories. Like if a bear, if a bear gets into like a neighborhood and there's like no safe way to get it out, I mean they probably have to put it down. Right. And that's kind of what I was picturing with this film and watching it and like watching Hans like, you know, kill the trolls. And it's not like it's not like he was doing it without purpose. You know, mm-hmm. they'd get out of their territory or he would need a blood sample so that they could do more research on the trolls. You know, him getting the blood sample is like how they found out that a lot of the trolls that they've encountered in the movie have rabies. Well, and why possibly that they were getting out of their territory and, you know, like why they might have been moving around from spot to spot. Mm-hmm, exactly. And uh, it, it has a purpose, you know, him, him like killing these trolls has has a has an end all be all Mm -hmm. um just you know finding out their habits and the environment that they interact with and also they don't kill every single troll that they interact with i mean the the mountain kings that they escape from you know there's like no way to deal with those really in a head-on way like they do every other troll so they just have to get the fuck out of there basically he did take out some but yeah yeah um for sure mostly just through uh self-preservation i guess um what uh what did you think of the the ending where like hans basically kills the giant troll that they're dealing with in like the third act of the movie and like you see him just walk away in the distance so i had there's two there's two trains of thought that i had okay one was, I mean, this is just conspiracy, Matt, coming out. So <laughs> grab out of your fucking seeds, belts. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, one was that um, Hans, as soon as he was found on the ferry, mm-hmm. knew that he could not get these kids away and that the TSS, being a little bit too um, high profile, had to keep track on what the kids were doing. Right. So Hans put on the uh, the allure of being a worn out troll hunter, uh, you know, saying, I'm going to bring this all crashing down. I want you guys to follow me. And it was probably driving to a point where it was going to get to that end scene. 
And that that's where it ultimately led to is he maybe planned for the Yantnar to take out the I don't even know how to think, say the thing's name. Pretty badass. I like the name. Yeah. Um, to take out the kids, and then it didn't happen. Interesting. So that's why, because he's driving through the legs of this thing, mm-hmm. trying to get out in front, right? Yeah. So I I was a little confused on how they got caught up and how it happened. So I almost think it was intentionally done by Hans. Interesting. So that it could be set up in a way where he could get away. But the other, the other aspect of it that I look at is that Hans was either looking at it's either we take them out or take all of you out. You get to the Yantner, we'll meet up with you, and either you, you know, set part ways with these kids, or all four of you are going down. So it might have been a suicide mission, and when it didn't happen, when the Yantner didn't take them out, he just said, all right, now's the time, you know, I'm going to part ways. So, uh, what, what, yeah, what was your take on it? I guess the only thing that kind of conflicts with, like, I guess your, your conspiracy side mm-hmm. of things for me is the fact that he just told them to stay back. When uh, he like first encountered the Yatner and tried to like get at it with like his flashing lights and stuff, because the only reason that he didn't kill it then and there is because the lights started to fail. Mm-hmm. So if the lights had worked in that moment, then the troll would have been dead and the kids would have been fine. Now, what was still coming though? Uh the TSS. And wasn't he far enough away to where he could have just took off in the car? I guess, but think of the only time they ever separate ways, you know, I mean, besides he, he did tell him once when they were with the wrinkle finch under the bridge, mm-hmm. you know, stay back. Yeah. But really the only time they ever part ways is that one moment where he, and he says, I'm going to take this out by myself. I'm the only one to ever do it. Interesting. It is a, it is a, an interesting perspective. I don't know if I necessarily agree no, with it. No, I but. don't. And let's say, <laughs> say, that's why it's a conspiracy theory. Honestly, right. the reason why I have a hard time with it is because he goes, I think he says this is it, right? Doesn't he say something along those lines? I don't of, remember. So I'm trying to, because I've always had that issue because he fucking kills it and then he just starts walking away from it. So right. obviously, in my opinion, he knows what's coming. Mm-hmm. And it. It doesn't. There's nothing that's alluded to. He's a loner. Yeah, I'm just saying. It, it is something to acknowledge, though, because like I saw, like I mean, obviously I saw the movie. Um, what? Yeah, I know, crazy. Uh, watching that ending and watching him walk away, I just I had more questions than I did answers at that point. I was like, okay, obviously the TSS is like coming to get the kids, but that's like after he starts walking away after killing the troll. Like he doesn't even come back to the car. It it's it is a, it's something to ponder mm-hmm. in that moment, and like maybe he did know that they were coming uh, at that point, but it is uh it's an ending that's for sure like up to interpretation because they give that message at the end that says like none of the kids involved right. have ever like been found or anything, and uh, this footage has been like uh, up for debate like across the world or whatever. Um, trying to get Norway to acknowledge that trolls exist and you get like the last shot of the main film kid like trying to get away and like the semi truck is coming towards him and you hear it honking and like the camera shaking and then it just cuts to black and it just tells you that those were the last moments of the recording for the entire thing right and they definitely like wanted to leave that like air of interpretation and mystery and I don't think you're necessarily wrong for being a little bit conspiracy theorist about it because that's probably what they wanted. Well, so 
I, I was just he so Hans before when he's going out there, he tells the kids he said this highway will take you to where you need to go. Mm. So he kind of says like this is gonna be it. Yeah, I'm leaving here the highway. So that's where I was a little conflicted because hmm. I don't remember him ever like when I first was thinking about these things. I don't remember him saying anything. It was just kind of like I'm gonna go get this thing. I'll be back, and then never comes back. Which right. makes me, but then like watching it yesterday, he was he does say like the high. This is the highway. If you follow this, it's gonna take you up to the you know the Jotunheim National Park. You can from there you can you know. So it does leave the 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 question. You know, did he or didn't he know? I mean, do you think he was gonna intentionally have him walk to their death? But even if the TSS was coming, why wouldn't he just say stay here? Right. And why did he leave them? That's what I want. Questions. Know. Questions that we have yeah. for. The movie for the for director Andre Yarvidal for Kenneth Braggle Goggle, um, <laughs> Braggle Goggle, Fra- Kenneth Fraggle Rock. Um, so God, he could literally put money in a gun and shoot it at us and hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So um, I guess uh, I guess we can wrap things up for uh, Troll Hunter. Yeah. Um, if you uh, if you had to rate it, what would you rate it? Oh, dude! Like this is on a, on the inverted scale of one to fun. Definitely <laughs> up there with fun. I nice. I I honestly think. I mean, the the ex, the only lacking part is actually the ending, which I I did a little little, little bit of a review on, and, and Ebert does make a good point that with the found footage films, they always have to have an abrupt ending. Yeah, and I don't think it's because you can end it effectively. Mm-hmm. So that's the most effective way of doing it, if that makes sense. So right. I mean, that probably is my biggest gripe with it. But I think there's a lot to be talked about. And when you sit here, we honestly just talked about 40 minutes about fucking trolls. Not, <laughs> not fucking trolls, but, you know, like yeah. trolls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not disgusting. That's bestiality. There's a there's an italicized word in there. Yes. <laughs> Should be bleeped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trolls. <laughs> No, so I mean, I think that it. I think it's really fun. I mean, it's one of those films. I don't think it's like necessarily like rush out and see, but it's definitely something that you could sit down and if people want to drift away, kind of like you said in the fantasy realm of things, of being able to say, all right, if they were real, what could you talk about? And mm-hmm. I mean, fuck, man, you just actually gave a really good definition about troll population and why you probably have someone, you know, taking care of this, monitoring habitats, environment, making sure that not the ecosystem's not getting just like. That's come and talk about trolls. They don't even fucking exist. Yeah, yeah. You know. So, anyways, I'm like, that's. Pro- I think on IMDb, it's an eight or a nine for me. Okay. I mean, it's just really something that I thoroughly enjoy, and I think that's like a cheeseburger movie for me. Nice. Yeah. So I might get a cheeseburger later. Sounds pretty mm, good. Damn. Um. Hundred two. If I had to score it, yeah, I would give it an eight out of ten. Woo! Believe that. Yeehaw! And speaking of scoring movies. It's a nice little little segue into uh, something oh. that I want to give a shout out to, which is my Letterboxed. Um, oh yeah! If you listener uh, are interested in what I, as somebody who is an asshole, uh, has to say about movies, then you can go on to Letterboxd. You might be asking yourself, "What is Letterboxd?" Well, my my beautiful rosy cheeked friend. Uh, Letterboxd is a website that you can go on and rate movies uh, that you've seen and log movies that you've seen and leave reviews for movies that you've seen. Uh, A lot of it has to do with movies that you've seen, and that's for a good reason, is because it is a movie rating app. Uh, You can download the app, or you can just go on the website from your desktop, Letterboxd, uh, look up Neon Kyle, capital N-E-O-N, 
capital K-Y-L-E, and you'll find my profile. I've been doing my best to go through all the movies that I've seen that I can remember enough to rate, and I've even left some uh, funny little funny little cute little reviews for uh, for people cheeky. to read. Little cheeky, little cheeky nuggets of uh, words that you can bestow upon your eyeballs. So uh, if that sounds like something you're interested in, look me up on there. Give me a little little follow. You can follow people on there. Um, I follow a few people on there myself. And uh, it's just a fun little way to keep track of uh, what I think about movies and what other people think about movies. You can find tons of other people that you might follow on YouTube or celebrities that you might know uh, of. Probably definitely don't know because you're, uh, you're a poor, lower-class degenerate. But... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if that sounds like your cup of tea, then uh, I, I think it would be fun if uh, you, you went on there and uh, looked me up. Look me up on Letterboxd, Neon Kyle. Uh, my icon is a stupid little drawing that I made of myself like a year ago a little, with a little mustache. Uh, and it's uh, I think it's pretty funny. But anyway, I just wanted to uh, talk about that a little bit real quick. Dope. Give that right. a little shout out. There you go. I got to get a letterbox too, but I don't write that well. Now, you write good. You write pretty darn, pretty darn good. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that one. There It'll you be go. two sentences. Two sentence reviews. There's a Dude. market for that. Is there? I'm we'll find sure out. there is. Some of my reviews are pretty short. Okay. Um, like I don't, some of them I don't go into great detail. Like the Kim Possible live action movie, I think I just literally wrote garbage ass. Oh. So uh, there's a little preview for you right there of my uh, my reviewing process. An adjective and a noun. Yep, exactly. Some of them are a little longer. <laughs> some of them are that short. Several adjectives and several nouns. It sounds like maybe a verb. Some spaces in between, a Ooh. few periods here and there, maybe even a comma. Um, Shut up. <laughs> bleed that. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Our first bleed that from Kyle. Bleed <laughs> <laughs> it was very like so slow compared to how you oh, say yeah, it. it's all right man that's uh that's a story for a different time all right we'll, we'll have to dig that up sometime yeah uh speaking of of digging digging up, up digging up oh the dude. dirt from the earth is what happens when the moon gets too close to the surface yeah. of the planet and, and that and... is the movie that we're going to talk about next moonfall oh Jesus awesome. Christmas. <laughs> oh, dude. So, uh, uh, so I'll tell you my. Uh, should I do the facts and figures or story first? Um, it's not. Who the fuck cares about the the story? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I went and dropped way too much money on a. All right, I guess. Okay, here's, I won't. Rag here's it. my first question for okay. you. Did first, you did you watch this at home or did you watch this in theaters? No, dude. I fucking paid money. <laughs> Like, literally might as well shit on it and burn it and put it on someone's porch and have it stomp it out. Like, okay, so is this on something? I have no I have no fucking clue. Uh, so we talked about going, I mean, so we did talk about, like, how, you know. We, we tried, uh, Mac we and I tried out. to see it together. Yeah. But schedules and things happening didn't work out that yeah. way. Yeah. So unfortunately. I hope, well, I hope whatever, you know, your, 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 what blocked you off on your schedule went well. Uh, <laughs> Not so much. Made um, it out alive. I don't even remember what I had going on. I think it was like physical therapy or something, right? Uh, no, it was house looking. Oh, yeah, it was. Um, 
Yeah, no, that's a different. That's a different, whole other story. Whole another story. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot going on lately. I was about to say, I can tell. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, um, we were gonna go. We were gonna go watch it, and then it kind of fell through. I was getting my son that day, so I had a little bit of time to sneak in a movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I walked up. I said, I grabbed uh, some M and M's. Like, I'm going to get some popcorn and a diet DMD, and I'll enjoy it. And um, all said and done, the lady said $31.78. And I thought, there's so much stuff that I could be buying right now <laughs> that I hope it doesn't make this not worth it. That's uh, that's and, criminal. And, uh, man, uh, oh, there will be times where I probably look back. There's a couple questionable purchases I've made in my life. This will be one of them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hundred and just i mean it's because i think i i think i saw it the next day the worst um, part is like i was like i'm gonna enjoy myself and i guess i did eating which is not all that great because i'm trying not to eat so it's kind of like <laughs> one of those <laughs> masochists it, it, you took an l for the day man um that's uh there's will, no doubt about that we did i did enjoy myself with with everything that happened and the fact that we're talking about it now it was it was good so you saw it the next day and and uh yeah did you just get a ticket i just got a ticket i i snuck candy in but that's that's all that i do because i I try not to get a drink because i don't want to take a piss during the movie and i try not to <laughs> Which like i did yeah and i try not to buy anything from there because it, it's dog ass expensive uh as you've just uh summarized for me 31 dollars and how many cents it was like 78 cents okay yeah that's a I little i looked at the screen and i almost thought about telling him like to take it all back i could have bought an entire meal at the refined establishment known as olive garden and i still would not have paid that as much for for my meal as you have for that movie i've dropped 81 dollars on two movies um no i've i took press into one of them do you remember which ones yeah spider-man no way home was like 50 spot Okay. For me and my son to get enjoy ourselves. And then this was thirty one dollars. And I'm sitting here, I'm just like, no wonder fucking people don't go watch this shit anymore. I'll fucking I'll I'll sit at home and watch a shit movie and fucking enjoy I'll eat a steak. I could eat a steak. You could eat whatever you want at your home. Oh when my you god. Watch a movie. Remember when we were talking about that the other day and it was like, Hey Mac, like you saw Dune at home. Like, do you think it was worth it? Yes. I don't <laughs> think there will be anything ever in my life now after dropping thirty one fucking dollars to have my eyes fucking orgasm. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Like I'm it's fine and dandy. Like sorry filmmakers, but like that's where it's going. Bitch at the movie theater. Sorry, Christopher Nolan. Uh <laughs> audiences are going a different direction dude um, i mean like what do you expect you go into these things and they're like hey drop it you could buy a video game and enjoy that for a longer time than moonfall yeah all right um roland emmerich is a fucking crook shows <laughs> speaking of which should we uh should we get into like the summary i, I guess i can summarize what do this the, movie's let me about. do this real quick so okay. 2022 director it was directed by roland emmerich yep. all right so you might know him from uh independence day independence day Yep. Godzilla. Yep. The Patriot. Day after yep. tomorrow and twenty twelve. Now there's a couple other choices in there. Uh-huh. But that's what that's one those that are I, those are his most notable filmography picks. I went with the so I was telling my we'll get into it. Um the budget so 
We'll get into the budgets too. This thing is yeah. what, he. It was 150 million. Jesus, that's how much it was budgeted for. And well, uh, I got. I, I took some facts and figures because I was kind of curious about fucking rolling fucking Emmerich yeah. <laughs> stealing people's money and how well he does it. Yeah, They're pretty effective. They're pretty effective. I mean, he got 31 dollars and 78 cents out of you. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> So uh, there, there's a trend with Roland Emmerich in his filmography, if uh, if you listener haven't noticed, and that is uh, the fact that he is a disaster movie connoisseur. He mm. loves making big, giant CGI explosion, uh, butthole orgasm movies that just do nothing but crash cars and planets into big old other planets and buildings into buildings and aliens into buildings and all this stuff. Man. Um, so I guess I can give a quick summary as to what this movie is. Um, the moon gets too close to the earth and bad things happen. That's pretty much it. If you want a more detailed summary of that, I guess it's about Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry being astronauts. Something goes wrong. Their spaceship crashes. One of the crew members dies. Patrick Wilson has to fly the spaceship back to earth without power, but he succeeds in saving himself and Halle Berry. Uh, he gets fired because people label him as reckless. Um, ten years pass, and all of a sudden people notice that the moon's orbit is off of its usual course, and it's getting closer to Earth with each uh, passing by that it does. And uh, <laughs> that's that's pretty much it without spoiling it. Um, well, that, we're going to do it anyways. We're going to do it anyways. I have diarrhea of the mouth right now. So. <laughs> I hated this film. <laughs> you hated it. Damn. Uh, I <laughs> I didn't think it was a good movie. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay. That's let me refreshing. let me just throw this out there right now because okay. I might, based on your reactions and based on how you feel about this, I might like sort of have to defend myself a little. No, no, no. Maybe because because I kind of oh, admire God. the fact that this movie just fucking went for it. It just absolutely kind of knew what it was and it just sort of bashed its head against the wall and said there it is there's my brain blood look at it and it's not good i don't know if it it's did. not it's not i mean <laughs> i'm <laughs> i i uh, it's not a good film let me just preface that right dude, now he, i i regret paying money for it in the theater to like, see it miramax came up to him and was like here's a bunch of money do whatever you want and he just bought coke and was doing it off strippers asses and just like what are you directing and it was like jesse yes and breaking bad and he's like oh i gotta get a fucking rv and some guy's like i know how to get you an rv exactly and for that I kind of admire it a little bit. Okay. I say kind of. So let me just get this out of the way. Let me rip the bandage off right okay. now. The movie starts off as like kind of a generic ass disaster movie where the moon is getting closer to the earth and bad shit's happening. Yeah. Gravity's all out of whack. Uh, buildings are getting flooded with like the tides and all that stuff. Which, right. by the way, the first like tide scene in L.A. just looked like complete shit. The like the special effect, like shit. <laughs> like you, you could clearly tell that they just took uh, like a PNG of like some of the cars in there and just slid them around in the yeah. in the scene. Like there's no like 3D detail to some of them. No. They're literally just JPEGs just sliding around everywhere. And I don't even know how the cameras just zoomed out. Like I don't. It's just yeah. It, it, it like the extra time it could have taken to like Dude, easily make a 3D model of those cars. Independence Day looks better than this fucking film. <laughs> like 
Independence Day was made in 98. <laughs> this was way more noticeably distracting than that. It, yeah, for sure. And then, so it starts off that way. And then it goes into a, a territory that I, I sort of didn't expect, which yes. was um, it's sort of like long distance alien ancestral human relations of of like these people that have lived on like this halo like planet for like billions of years and then all of a sudden an ai gets control of that society and starts destroying people so then they make these like giant like home spheres that is basically what the moon is um and they like send them off to different parts of the universe so that they can start anew and escape from the AI. But then the AI catches up to almost every single one of them and destroys them, except for the one that turns out to be the Earth's moon. So then the Earth's moon like creates basically the solar system that the Earth is a part of, like creates the sun, creates like all the other planets, creates Earth as a planet yeah. and makes it viable yeah. for humanity to basically like, quote unquote, start over. So like they made all like human history in this movie like kind of like Prometheus where it just starts somewhere else and just gets transported to Earth over like the course of billions of years and then they they find out that the moon is basically like this giant machine that they like go inside of and it's like this big old halo ring looking thing like it looks like something that the forerunners made in the Halo games and uh they find out that just <laughs> That the moon is being like taken over by one of the AIs that just happened to have come across it when Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry were like in space in the spaceship that crashed like 10 years before the events of the movie. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you find out that the, the moon is like this giant artificial thing. And um, it's fucking bonkers. It is insane. I I <laughs> was talking to a friend and I uh, I told I told them I said uh, this movie was made for like thirteen year olds with ADD. Exactly. Like it, it, I, I told I was like it's 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 how I'd feel if I was like a fucking like uh, like one of the 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 borrowers yeah. and got stuck in a strobe light. Oh my god! Like <laughs> bonkers wild no care in the world i literally i feel like he <laughs> unabashed just, he didn't even take a gun to me i was like give me your money like he sold me a lemon like i now know what it feels like to buy a lemon <laughs> like so bad your your expectations were subverted in the most wild like unexpected way zero and i'm i didn't even know roland emmerich directed it until after the film yeah i was watching it and i'm like Oh my God! He did this. <laughs> How could he? How, how dare you? Oh my God! Like, dude. How about th there's there? Oh my God! Okay. This fucking film, dude. What? This fucking there's two. <laughs> how about Patrick Wilson within? Okay. There's two redeemable qualities. Is that what you were gonna no, say? No, there's no sh nothing. All <laughs> right, but the best part is. The thing hits the guy, kills him, right? And Holly Berry's like floating in space, passed out, and he yeah. looks at her and points, and goes, "I'm gonna get you out of here." She fu can't fucking hear a thing, single thing Nothing, that he's right? saying. <laughs> She's the, passed out. And guess what happens? Literally 15 minutes later, his son's going to jail, and he does the same. He goes, "I'm gonna get you out of here." And I was like, "What the 
fucks up with Patrick Wilson just telling yeah, he's these just, people he's this? He's telling people that can't even hear him. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get you out of here, son. It's like, like dude, dude's the... already on the other side of the door. Oh, my God. <laughs> so bad. So The exposition in this film and then is the... so fucking out. And then the, the reason that they, they have to make for, for Patrick Wilson, Halle Berry, and then the fat dude from Game of Thrones. Yep. The reason that they have to make for those specific characters to go into space is so fucking lame. They have to basically say like, "Oh, one of the engines is down. We can't do this anymore." Yeah, it's all right, over. all right, everybody, all the astronauts and like all the crew that's like worked on this for like the past seventy-two hours, just go home, be with your family. It's all good. And then like ten minutes later, they're like, "Oh wait, there is a way for us to go up there." Yeah, he and- goes nuts on the th- on the computer. And- yeah. And then, like everybody at that point's already gone. Well, like, well, we have to go into space well, now because he didn't. They didn't have a fucking budget. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to spend it all on this, and we'll just have three people carry this fucking. <sighs> Not only that, well, like you can tell that the, those three characters are like the main, like quote unquote heroes. Yeah, they're the, and they're going to have to have them go into space eventually anyway. Did it, you? Yeah, I mean, but it, then they make this lame ass excuse oh, no, of like I'm everyone's gone. Hey, like uh, the engines out. See you guys later. Like literally evacuate in ten minutes, and then <laughs> yeah. like. Oh man, like say we can take it off. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, everyone's gone. Yeah, where was that? Well, the best part. So they're like, so they're talking about like, yeah, we got. They're gonna nuke it. They're gonna nuke it. Who? They're gonna nuke it. Who's gonna yeah. nuke it? Like my ex-husband. Which I'm gonna get to that fucking in a second. Because <laughs> these questions, decisions in this movie are fucking wild. When you say bonker, like yeah, the effects, like living in the mind of like a fucking crazy person. But not only that, the decisions that are made in this film. But like they make no sense. Oh my we're gonna go up to the moon, they're gonna nuke it, which I don't understand how that saves life. Maybe it's like survival of the fittest, you know, it's the last desperation, like there'll be a nuclear fall, all freeze it, what however it goes, right? Yeah. Uh but they they're like we're going up there they're gonna nuke it and like at, at when they're going i'm just thinking in my head like they don't have any communication with earth anyway so even if somehow they do stop this how like what happened yeah because no right? one's in there like the moon's gonna go back to where it needs to go the only reason that they don't nuke the moon at the end of the movie is because the kid knows that his mom is in space so then he tells his dad oh mommy's in space like right before they're like about to launch the nukes at the moon and he puts the entire not like united states yeah fucking earth <laughs> the whole planet in the hands of his ex-wife yeah. and then he even goes my ex-wife's up there Back the fuck off. Well, not only that, but like he would, they, they like you said, they would have had no way to communicate that to them to not have them launch the nukes if that little kid hadn't said, my mommy's up in space. She's going to save us. Like, what if that little kid just decided not to say that? Like, they would have nuked it anyway and Earth would have been fucked. I, I, I'm, exactly. Which it already kind of is. Like, like more than half of all humanity's got to be wiped out at that point. Like everything's torn up. The moon was like basically like two miles over the surface of the planet. Like cut. Like what is there to save after that? Oh, like, the, yeah. The, and this is it. This makes Armageddon look like a little kids game when it comes to fucking like facts. Like yeah, I had to look up some of this stuff. I was just going through some uh, uh, trying to figure out, and everyone is slamming like the fucking uh, <laughs> physics of all of this. Like, well. It, I don't doubt that one bit. Like I mean, this like, movie's already fucking ridiculous. It, but like Earth is basically wiped out at that point. Oh like, my god! Did it, you really save the planet? <laughs> like, oh, come on! It was so. Uh, and then 
they have the gravitational shift. And I was like, the first time with the water traveling and the you know the rocket getting off, I was like, that was kind of a cool scene when they're like, when they're getting in the helicopter. Um, yeah, so they were getting in the helicopter and then they're getting in the spaceship because they got to beat it when they're going up. Yeah, and uh, you know, so I was like. I kind of like that tidal wave coming at them, and there's, you know, that it's a grab. Like uh, they named it on the spot, and they knew exactly what was happening. Which I have no clue how that. Like if <laughs> I feel like anyone would have been like, "Whoa, what the fuck is yeah. going?" And hey, it's just a gravitational Im- shit. Yeah, they you, just immediately know what it is, even though the, they've never seen anything bef- and, like that before in their life. And then they do it three more times. Like it became like one of those things. Like when's the next shift happening? Like yeah. So fucking lame. <laughs> every every piece of dialogue is just serves the purpose of like uh, all this stuff is happening, but we we know exactly what to call it. Yeah, like just perpetuate it. Uh, oh my god! And then like I was telling, um, I was talking about, I was like, I felt like this movie hit em- every demographic that you possibly could to get their butts in the seat. Like yeah. Roland Emmerich's like, all right, you know, like, so there's, uh, you know, general masses are going to eat this up. Oh, I mean, like, so you have, so there was, well, one, I, I was like, why, like, a Chinese American student, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I just, was I was like, confused as to who she was for a while. I thought she might have been a lesbian, honestly. Yeah, I thought, I thought her Halle, and Halle Berry were, yeah. I thought her and Halle Berry were married, and I was like, okay, well, cool. because she talks about her wedding. Yeah. And then and you, don't you don't know don't, she got divorced. Well, that, and you don't, like, hear her say, like, husband or anything. Exactly. It's so, like, you know, I, I just was, assumed that she she was like in a gay relationship, which is you know cool. But they, then like they make they throw the fact that he's like, oh, she's an exchange student. I'm like, okay, yeah, make that a little more clear next time, well, so it, that I can know. It, and and this isn't like I'm not poking and prodding at anything, but like I was right. like, all right, I wonder if this serves like if she's gonna have something to go on. Like I thought maybe there'd be a subplot with her not getting into the base. Because she's from China and play, play a little bit into like the political tides that are going nope, on. Nope. You know, I fucking bet you. I bet you that they they included her character just to appeal to the Chinese market. I'm. T- I swear to God. I'm telling. Like now, the- now that I, you say it, and now that I think about it, it's so obvious. Dude, I'm just saying. I mean, all right. So she does have like somewhat of a side. Like it's a small role, but my whole point is. It wouldn't. It wouldn't make a difference. You, as a Chinese American, or even the Chinese market, it would be something where you could attach and relate and say, "What would I do in that person's shoes?" Yeah, right. So you can project yourself onto what she's doing. You can, and then you'd be able to say, "All right." So but I mean, you, it's you, a, you know for a fact that's not why they included her character. You know they included her character because they wanted to appeal to the Chinese well, market. What, I, I'm telling. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. I feel like there is. The, you have. There's an ex-wife. Because you're talking about you have relationships between two like you know families that are divorced, mm. so it's easy for a dad or a, or a mom to see that even has a as a single parent or has been part of a divorce to go in there and see because you can probably relate to some of the emotions and mm-hmm. there's a little bit of the heartstrings with the guy going it's my ex wife up there you know I don't know why I divorced her but I trust her ass wholeheartedly <laughs> yeah right. Then you have Patrick Wilson with the father and the son. So that's kind of a little bit of the hero's journey in reverse, which was like bizarre. Yeah. Right? It's weird. Seeking his son's approval, mm-hmm. you know, for fucking up. But like, I got behind even though, Even though his son is a criminal that yeah. got arrested. And, and, and then he. <laughs> so the only reason they set him up to be a criminal is so that they can give him a gun later so that he, like, so the audience knows that he's like kind of a hard ass who can defend yeah. himself. Well, I don't see now. That's why 
it's funny because I had a hard time because I was like the whole time like his friend had the drugs, his friend did this, his friend stole the car. Like he's just innocent bystander. And I'm like sitting there, I was like, okay, so like let's say he is. What's he gonna do with that gun? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was kind of like, so I'm with you on that. But the other Hogan was like, oh, Patrick Wilson makes this kid seem like he's completely innocent. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is a bad decision. <laughs> Free my son. Yeah. I'll get you out of here. Wait, judge, you can't do that. He's like shouting in court at oh the judge. Oh my God, so bad. Like, I think 20 minutes into this, I was like, I think whoever directs, I didn't know it was Emmerich. I was like, maybe this is like a comedy. Like, yeah. This will be a spoof or a satire of these films that are going on. Like my take on The Matrix. I was like, it has to be. Nope. No. No. Well, so you had, so let's just, and I'm talking different demographics. You uh-huh. had um, African Americans. Mm-hmm. You had... You know, white Americans. You had Michael Pena, Scientologist Michael Pena. Scientologist, Mike, it's a different religion. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Involved. All right. And, you know, uh, uh, you know Spanish American, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asian American. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, married, divorced, single father, uh, stepfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, all crammed. All crammed. And, it's, yeah. and you had a guy who's probably lacking confidence that believes in a whole bunch of weird shit that no one can, can relate to. Conspiracy theorists. Yeah. This movie kind of like weirdly validates conspiracy theorists it's a little weird right because like Validate? the whole t- oh yeah because like, like the whole ho- time he's going on about like the moon being a what did he call it like a it was oh my god he had a term for it i yeah, forget it, it was, was like I a yeah. a hyper machine or something some shit. like that it, which is like this is very like conspiracy theory laden thing that like they make a point that it's a conspiracy theory throughout the entire movie and then at the end of the movie you find out that he was right the entire time yeah so like this movie is sending a message to conspiracy theorists that like hey maybe you guys are right keep saying wacky kooky oh. shit <laughs> i don't I, if this is their fucking anthem <laughs> like, okay awesome <laughs> it's like all right people, it is true, but like, people are gonna feel validated weirdly after watching this movie yeah i don't know man it's like yeah Oh, oh my Which God. is, it's not something that I thought about until now. No, I mean, but you're right. It's, dude, it, this, he was given 150 million. It was like, I can't do that with this much money. And then <laughs> it was like, just give me everyone. <laughs> like, well, yeah. It won't be good, but at least we'll get them here. Give me old types of people. Yeah. I, don't get, I have no idea what he sounds like. I don't e- I've I, never, I, I don't even probably, know what he this, looks oh, like. Oh, you want to know what he sounds like? <laughs> As he's doing fucking blow-offs, some fucking <laughs> Tammy's ass in Jesus. fucking Puerto Rico. <laughs> That's what he God. did, man. I'm I'm sorry, Roland, if you're listening. Ro- <laughs> Mr. Emmerich. <laughs> Please don't discount us yet. Yeah, Jesus Christ, man. Um, don't discount us like we've discounted your movie just now. Um, no, I will. I gave you $31, <laughs> and I want my money back. <laughs> Please. I, I am owed. Um, I think uh, th- this movie... The only admirable thing about it is the fact that it just like kind of goes for it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It just has the balls to go in that direction, which is like the like I don't want to say high concept, but just like that outer realm of AI and aliens basically and the moon being this artificial machine. Is this a Scientology movie? I <laughs> 
I mean, Michael Pena's in it. It totally could be. Um, Scientology. I'm like hearing this now. Now I'm thinking about this. I was like, isn't that what Scientology's about? Is it- I mean, pretty much. Like, it's Xenu came to Earth and like splooged in the water or something, right? Is this and- going to be like Under the Silver Lake? Like, this movie's <laughs> going to be a fucking roadmap? <laughs> <laughs> this movie becomes a cult classic, like Under the Silver Lake. <laughs> what if we fucking like 15 years from now, we just say, here, people that are doing these outlandish things just like, following this if you look at michael pena's mustache you can clearly tell that it's an illuminati symbol oh my god <laughs> that would uh <laughs> oh no you know oh i can god. see it i can really see it this um, is so bad this you know is... this is uh it, you know what it is it's the thinking man's don't look up that's what i say stop don't even yeah <laughs> <laughs> More intellectual crowd, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the acting in this movie, um, Halle Berry, I just feel like is not good in most Everyone of the things she's in. Mailed this one in. I think the only guy that really, I thought my my boy PW son Patrick was like oh, PW son. Yeah, PW son. Not PW. Not PW. PW son. Okay. All right. I thought he at first I was like, man, he's really trying, but then like. At some point, you know, like... You're talking about the kid with the long hair, right? Huh? Yeah. No, no, Patrick Wilson. Okay, you are talking... Okay, yeah, yeah. you said P.W.'s son. I thought you were talking about his son in the Patrick movie. Patrick Wilson. Okay. It's all, it's all right. There's P.W.'s son. Sorry, it was a little lost on me. It's I got all a little right. lost I, in the sauce. I do that. Um, it's okay. You're I subverting thought... expectations like this movie did. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just saw. So, I had to. I was. I've been mild tempered too. I haven't really talked to anyone about this. So I just said diarrhea of the mouth. It's just coming out. I fucking, I, <laughs> you I, are I, letting it. Loose. I don't go to the bathroom in, in movies, and I go. I know it's gonna happen here, and I have enough time to go back, and I'll come back, and I'll only miss half of this car chasing that doesn't make any sense <laughs> with all the shit going on that I can't make out. Like, there's a point where on the second gravitational thing, people are flying, semis are going crazy. And then on the third one, as it gets closer, you'd think it'd be even worse. Mm-hmm. No, it's just shifting around a little bit. Mm-hmm. For no reason. It's just, we'll do whatever we want. What makes sense in the moment? Yeah. And what would Do we have to stick by the rules of logic? No, because there's going to be aliens in space that created the entire solar system. Yeah, it's and an like, excuse. The moon just does whatever it does. <laughs> like physics be damned. The moon is sentient in this movie. It <laughs> changes its course throughout the entire piece. <laughs> Magnanimous, isn't it? If you can't get behind suspending your disbelief, you shouldn't be watching this film. Is right? what Roland Emmerich said to the producers, and to they said Tammy yes. as he was telling her. <laughs> I love just thinking about him just looking, bathing in fucking hundred dollar bills that he got from Miramax his, to make his, this piece of shit film. His nose is just like powder white. Oh my from god! From all the cocaine that he snorted. Yeah, you uh, just sitting there laughing as he's drinking like a Bloody Mary and just watching the fucking trailers on repeat yep. on TNT and FX as they play. Probably from like Armageddon, you know, from Independence Day being aired and then 2020 on next. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, not, not, not never being surrounded by money, I should say. Um, so yeah, back, back to the acting. Yeah. Um, uh, bad. Right. Well, so what I thought the, the, the Samuel Tarley or whatever his name is, is he the, the is he the fat one? Yeah. And the guy he's got, got, okay. Uh, he's game of Thrones boy. Yeah. Um, I, he wasn't the worst. 
I thought he was okay. I mean, he played the character how they wanted him to play it. No, I'm saying, like, I thought he did the best. Yeah, like, for sure. If someone was like, this is going to be your coming out party, like, you know, like, hey, you, you just went from the Detroit Lions to the L.A. Rams, mm-hmm. he's the guy I would pick. Yeah. Um, wait a wait to... <laughs> I was wondering when. I was wondering when you were going to include the Super Bowl in this. It was just an analogy, and I didn't even do it. I was trying to think of a really shitty team and, like, how to go from, like... From B to A. <laughs> <laughs> How to work your way up. Oh, um, I, I did it, though, guys. It's you $20. It. You got it. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Um, so, uh, Michael Pena. I, I did not like him in this movie. He sucked. He fucking... So... The the scene where he and his like daughter are like walking in the fog and they're they've got the oxygen mask because mm-hmm. like oxygen is all fucked on the earth or whatever because of the moon, whatever logic. Yep. And so they got the masks on and then like her mask like runs low and then like he gives her her mask. Dude keeps talking and breathing like hold your breath like keep walking with her as much as you can like. I don't know. Like, I feel like he unnecessarily like sacrificed himself, air quotes, to like save his daughter when they probably weren't even that far away, and he could have like just held his breath or something. Like, I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a scientist. I mean, I'm I, not. A, I'm I, not a dude I, who like knows about breathing science. I, but. I think out of all the things that were like me not liking him, like that's probably it's like third. I mean, at that point, I just didn't even give a oh, shit. Yeah, I. I just. I don't know. I thought that scene was so. I, stupid. That's when I came back to the bat. Like, no, 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 no. Had I come back to the bathroom? I don't know. I might have checked out. I don't remember because I, all I remember is uh, they come back and it's like they had the oxygen masks. And, uh, you know, he's like, go, go, go. Uh, I mean, daddy's right here. And then I was like, it's really bad that this is supposed to be like a very touching scene. And I could just be like, I just kind of found it funny. I was like, I wonder if he's going to keep crawling. Like, I (laughs) was kind of like, I wonder if like he'll like follow her, like on like an army thing. When's this dude, when's this dude freaking beef it? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he was uh, he was incredibly unlikable and stale. Yeah. I mean, one dimensional. Yeah. Like his, yeah. His character was stepdad. That was it. Oh yeah, they, they, the kids they, were even. I worse don't even too. know if they they super disposable. Them a, all of them. They yeah. all sucked. Are you kidding me? All of them were one dimensional. Not one fucking person <laughs> in the sink that I care about. Wilson was the closest in the fucking inverted hero's journey to get his son's approval for fucking up after ten years, which doesn't even make sense. <laughs> no, like. Dude, the exposition of this is like the found footage of NASA and the and the story of what happened on the Apollo 21. And I'm like, how the fuck does NASA's top secret government like give away this found footage of and they contradict themselves? And then the kids watching for no reason. Yeah, yeah. On who's watching MSNBC as a fucking four year old, yeah. right? And knowing what's going on, and then all of a sudden it just goes ten years later, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. really? Patrick Wilson had to follow. Like he's still got the snow globe with the astronauts in it. Oh my god, I didn't even fucking realize that was a fucking thing until he goes, oh my god, that's what I gave my kid talking to the aliens. I was yeah. like. Oh, yeah. I that think just I shows remember. you that I miss my kids so much. They don't even go. Like, did the kid even say, Dad got this for me? I'm so excited for him to come back. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's I just don't... something that he had. Uh... Do they... <laughs> None it is, of it. That scene with Michael Pena going back to it a little bit. Is, <laughs> no. It's kind of a double-edged sword because it's a terrible scene and I hated watching it. But 
uh, Michael Pena died, so you didn't have to deal with him. Oh, anymore. you're just going back to it. You're like, oh yeah, they finally wrote off stepdad. <laughs> yeah. There's a part like I was kind of expecting them when they got back to like, go out and find him, and like he would still be alive. I thought that's what they were gonna do too. Oh, like, when I he, thought he was gonna like walk on like one of their shoulders for support, and like mm-hmm. he'd come back and he'd like have this goofy ass smile, yeah. and the daughters would be like, Dad! And they'd give him a hug, yeah. and he'd and like then, fall and to then his knees. The and the kid would have been like, you know what, you're not so bad after all. Yeah, they'd have this like cute little wrap up. No, straight yeah. dead. Yeah, <laughs> gone. See, uh, the fucking Roland's like he's costing too much of money. Let's fucking take him out. He had to, yeah, he had to go back to uh, you to know Zinu. he like locked the screenwriters in there. And was like find a way to kill stepfather. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's Michael Payne. His name's Bruce. No, no, no. Stepfather. <laughs> Step- I want him out of his my name film. in the script is Stepfather. <laughs> oh, so bad. The, so the, the fuck- name of the name of Patrick Wilson's son is long haired criminal son. <laughs> so one dimensional like the Game of Thrones dude is just called Fat Game of Thrones uh, British boy. I mean, like, unnecessarily had these people in this film, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> You, none of this had to happen. Like, Patrick Wilson could have gone to Earth just to been like, the deadbeat dad that mm-hmm. was, like, you know, I'll do it for my kid. And didn't even have, like, that, like, interaction. Kept the whole fam. There's there's six characters right there that don't even need to be it. No, no. Uh, that didn't even need to be in there. Um, Let's see. You could have took out the ex-husband on fucking NASA and just made it, you know, like, the NASA director tells Holly Berry, hey, you've got 72 hours or else we're nuking this thing. Mm-hmm. Ex-husband out, kid out. She's just doing it because she just inherited NASA and wants to save the world. Like, so much shit relying on other people and, like... <laughs> Not nothing anyone cares about. Honestly, yeah. did you? Uh, <laughs> if they would have nuked the moon and like, let's say they just killed them up there and like that was it, like, would you have been like, oh man, like wow, like I, I would have, I would have commended them for ending the movie that way. <laughs> honestly, that would have been that would have been more ballsy than what they already did. Like honestly, which didn't make any. It doesn't make any fucking sense. They went for it, but it doesn't make any. Fucking I'll sense. give. All right. I mean, I don't. Even, it's so shitty. Like, what, at what point is like they went for it? Like they just threw it in the film. But I mean, I guess they just they they do they did a whole fucking. There was a second exposition in that in that. I is it? It's the first time I had a thought. I was like, there can there really be two sets of exposition in a film? Because that fucking like we're gonna show the entire inception of the universe the, the creation of humanity yeah like well i, I guess because no one knows how they were created and it's almost like star wars because you know all this shit was done and then it ai took it out and now we're yeah. back to square one so like that was i think six minutes of what's going on you know what i just thought of what the the, the way it ends with um because the fra- the fat British dude basically sacrifices himself. Shock or whatever, and he dies. But then the way that the artificial moon works, because it's kind of sentient in a way, like sure. it's an AI of its own, kind of. Yeah. Like, uh, it it saves his consciousness. Yep. So then he like he's still like technically around, but he's just like basically a part of the moon now. He is the moon, kind of, in a way. Right. And so, like, he's talking to, like, the the consciousness of the moon, like, him and the moon. And the moon is basically like, so I guess we better start working on making more life. And the guy's like, oh, hell yeah. It's like, why don't you? the moon? Well, not only that, but, like, why don't you focus on helping Earth rebuild maybe first before you start doing that? Like, 
Earth oh, is kind of fucked anyway. Like, oh, no care whatsoever. Yeah, it's like they're like, just, oh, we did what we could. Let's just go make more life across the universe. <laughs> it's like, all right. Earth is just basically a poverty state right now, but sure, go ahead. <laughs> Abandon it. I did not even. I was so ready for this to end. <laughs> they're only set back like 300 years, basically. Like, they have to rebuild society. Like, come on. I think the best part about it is all that... I think my favorite part was they get the helicopter, they land, and it's like they all rejoice with Patrick Wilson, and obviously you know he's going to make a fourth child with the mom, and it's like, hey, what happened to stepfather? He didn't make it, and everyone's like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. Oh, man. (laughs) Like, sacrificed himself for his daughter, and Patrick Wilson's still doing his Patrick Wilson. Like, sorry to hear that, Jane. Hey, should we grab some hot dogs? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like... God. Oh my god! The, how much life is lost in this film, and the fact that you don't really see one person cry, or like, yeah, even, it's all it's all for like kind of goofs, and it, no 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 one takes it seriously. Yeah, they were just paid lots of money to fucking be in here, and they just said, like the the daughters kind of cry a little bit when they find out stepdad died, when they find out Scientologist Michael Pena kicked the bucket. <laughs> But oh. that's that's basically it. Like that's, that's the most grief you get in this film. I mean, there's there's thousands of people dying, and the world's colliding, and capitalism, and the fucking world markets as we know it are gone up in arms. It's gonna probably be like not back to square one, but pretty damn close to having to reset. Yeah, and like it's hey. I told you I got your back. <laughs> hey, let's go grab some burgers, guys. Yeah. Like, like, Jesus. Hey, they, they, you know, that that is that's the equivalent of like, the movie's done too, guys. Like, yeah. We're ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this is the part where the credits roll. Yeah. <laughs> they might as well have just fucking said that. Oh, my God. So bad. Okay. So bad. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm what, would you, what would you rate it? What would I rate it? Yeah. I laughed out loud, I think, twice, maybe three <laughs> times like that. I was actually pretty pleased that they got some laughs. Not enough for 31 fucking dollars. But, uh, <laughs> Uh no, I gave this I gave this a three out of ten. This is just above Gemini, man. All right. Well, guess what, McLean Parker? I gave it the same exact score. Three out of ten. Here we go. Bam. <laughs> there we go. So Don't you just love it when the moon and the sun align? Oh! Unlike in this fucking movie. Um <laughs> Anyways, guys, go go rush out and see this in theaters and get back with us your thoughts get a large popcorn large drink get some sour patch kids from the theater don't sneak them in otherwise you're a dirty sinner oh and you'll die when the moon crashes into the earth yeah wait till we find out go to hell in there i'm telling you maybe i need to see if this is a science is roland emmerich a scientologist i don't know i don't know we could research that but i don't really feel like it really to be honest with you i just kind of just feel like not really doing much about it right now um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, who's gonna call us out, right? Who's gonna who's gonna say anything about us not doing our our research? Um, I know a giant piece of shit that was. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have him on the podcast one of these days, and he's I, gonna. Oh well, no, he's actually look. I told him we would, and he's like looking forward to it. Oh uh, yeah. Well, uh, that'll be yeah. Sometime this year, hopefully, we'll, yeah, uh, we'll have him on to uh, defend himself. Um. Mr. Mr. Parker, um, speaking of your brother and uh, what he has to say, we've got some questions hey! 
from the Facebook we page. Do. Um, are you are you currently looking up if Roland Emmerich is a Scientologist or not? Yeah, no, I just found a YouTube clip of him doing coke off some stripper's ass in Puerto Rico. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, we got our first question <laughs> from the Facebook. I'm sorry, page. Roland. <laughs> I Independence Day is one of my top five films like all time. Interesting. Uh, future topic, I guess. Um, so we got some questions from the FB. Thank you guys for uh, leaving those on here. Yeah, shout out. Um, a bunch of different people also left sets of questions. Um, so this first set of questions comes from Sam Parker. Hey. Um, he says, favorite character that you could cut out of the film and wouldn't change the plot a bit. And he gives an example of the strip club owner from Kill Bill 2. Elvis from True Romance, Gunseller from Taxi Driver, and Clint from Dazed and Confused. Um, yeah, no, uh, the Gunseller from Taxi Driver, yeah, they totally could have cut that clip out of the movie, and it probably wouldn't have made a difference. It kind of makes sense a little bit for uh, Travis Bickle to uh, have the audience like know that like he's going down this path of like purchasing guns and becoming a more violent protagonist, but... Other than that, like the character itself, yeah, is kind of doesn't really mean much. Yeah. Not really a character. It's more of like just a, a prop, a purpose for the character of Travis Bickle to yeah. do what he does. Um, as far as like another example goes, uh, I so I'm gonna because I talked to him. He wasn't really looking. I I was completely confused. I was gonna say, like, you can you can go ahead because I, I nothing's really coming to mind for me right now. Well, I, yeah. So I I was talking to him a little bit about it because I was I he. I read it and I'm like, are, are we trying to find like plot points or you could take guys? It was actually like favorite like characters that you really like that okay. have certain scenes in them. So like for me, um, you know, interesting. I guess I kind of have an answer then. Um, it's uh, which in there will be blood. Which one is the brother that like Paul? Yeah, Paul. Paul. Um, that brother. I well, like that character because it's like a good like dichotomy to the other brother that you meet later, who's also played by Paul Dano. Um, I guess, but he he does drive the plot. He drives the plot, but he's like, it's it's just to like I don't know, get Daniel to like the oil fields. Like Daniel could have heard about like the oil fields from somewhere mm-hmm. else, probably. See, that's agreed. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that would be my answer right now. No, that's good. I dude, I had to ask him. I mean, him, and I was still kind of looking at him glass eyed. And then I finally caught on. I was like, oh, because like in my head, I'm like, every person that is in a movie serves a purpose of the plot. Some, yeah, some kind. Sometimes they don't, but that's kind of rare. I feel like, especially for good movies. Well, and it's one of those things too, because I I do agree. Like the ones, he, the examples he was given, I was like, yeah, but I mean, it, you could probably still make an argument, like mm-hmm. um, yeah. true romance when he's talking about Val Kilmer as Elvis, and he's telling, um. Slater, you know, to go uh-huh. out. He pretty much tells him to go out and, and do the actions that he does. Because I don't want to ruin that because I don't know if people have seen True Romance that are listening. Um, so Good no, call. Mine is uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in Heart 8. Have uh, not seen that. And then uh, I had Ewan McGregor in Black Hawk Down because he really doesn't serve a purpose, but he does have quite a bit of... He's got a little bit of a uh, uh, role in there. But then the, la- the other one I had was Ben Stiller in Orange County. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm looking through my, my movie lists on Letterboxd right now, and I'm trying to get some ideas just by looking at this. It won't. Uh, you're, <laughs> I'm telling you right. Because you, you, I don't – you'd have to really sit down, or you have to – something's got to pop into mind that you just like – like Paul, like you said. You know, it, it could have been anyone that – Yeah. 
Like you know. it's some someone that like they do. I guess they do have a purpose to the plot, but it's not like super significant. Like they they could have just been easily interchangeable, and it wouldn't have changed the quality of the movie. I guess. Yeah. Um, that's what he was, and it's something that might be memorable. Yeah. You know? So I mean, there's and there's there's usually it's like a cameo. I mm. would say. Yeah. So I mean, that's you know. I guess. Um, I guess in the big short, Ryan Gosling's character, you could kind of make an argument for because he's mostly just there for, to, for like the audience's sake. Because a lot of the time he's there is like he does interact with like the main characters of the movie and he is kind of one of the main characters. But then he's also there to serve the purpose of like letting the audience know what's going on. And he breaks the fourth wall all the time. Um, yeah, that's so I would say that if you take him out of that film, it's a completely different film. Well, OK. I'm Listen, telling you, this is. A, I don't it, know much about economics, so forgive me. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just saying in terms of even character. Like, I, I had to. I had to ask Sam. I about guess. It. I, I don't know. To, this is a hard question. It's. Um, a, it's very. It's challenging because you'd have to. You give us easier shit to talk about. <laughs> well, so like, so Ben Stiller in Orange County is a firefighter. You've never seen Orange County, I guess. No. Jack Black's in it. Something happens. He's a firefighter, and he has like a little cameo. It's he really anyone could have had been in that role. They they could have had a fire guy show up and not even introduce himself to Jack Black. So it was kind of like a funny little exchange between the two. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I would, but I'm telling you right now, I would not like down to the next because you're. I spent okay. 45 minutes. Yeah. Going, let's not talk, let's not spend too much time yeah, on this. So I mean, mine. I mean, mine. So mine are. Uh, uh, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I would suggest watching Heart Eight. is a fantastic film. It's one of I think Paul Thomas Anderson's first films. Oh, okay. I didn't um, know it was a PTA movie. Yeah, so it's it's pretty good. Um, Samuel L's in it. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm trying to think if there's a young Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, okay, Bef- pre-goop. Yeah. Okay. Um, his next question is, uh, what five movies would you pick that are essential to any fan of cinema? A little bit of an easier question for uh, us to go through. Um. So I definitely think as far as like a modern film, mm-hmm. I'd probably pick Drive. Um, I love that movie to death. I think it's like one of the best ones that I've seen. And uh, definitely the strongest Nicholas Winding Refn film. It gives you like a good, it gives you like a good sense of like what movies are in terms of style for like that time period yeah. when the movie came out. And uh, I feel like, it set like the bar for a lot of films that like kind of tried to emulate it and came out after it. Um, you know, sort of like an almost silent protagonist, very simple plot, but it's very stylistic in its presentation and it takes its time. Um, so I'd say drive. Um, I mean, I guess, uh, if, if we're going like the route of, um, like essential to any fan of cinema, would you say something like uh, Psycho? Uh, or I went with. I mean, I just wrote down. So you I just did, wrote down what you. Well, I mean, wanted. I didn't want to get into. So some of the time, I come up with stuff that I'm like, this will be very thought provoking, and uh, yeah, you know, that's, like, that's that's my like question too. I want to like, get into no. So I just pick five films that I think that are really good. That the reason why I would have someone watch them, and then uh, you know, it, who the fuck cares? So okay, I'll do mine if you want it. You know, if you're gonna, um, um, well, I mean, so I my my five like he it was five right? Yeah. Okay, so I went with there will be blood. Okay. Uh, no country for old men. I think those are both two ways. One's a character study. The other one, I think 
No Country for Old Men is a really fantastic way to tell a story, mm-hmm. even though people question the ending. Uh, you could also spin it in a way that you say, this is how you end films or not end films and don't ever end a film on like an allegory or a fucking a- analogy or a metaphor, okay. right? Um, the Revenant Ooh. for cinematography. Nice. Uh, really Good choice. another little bit of a character study, but I, I think that that movie is stylized in a very, uh, it's a unique way. Mm. Um, it, it, it's similar to like, drive you know yeah. but it's not it's not you know bright lights flashing it's not the color scheme i mean it's mainly for like natural lighting and the elements and i, I really like the cinematography and some of the shots in there like it's the the spanish church is one of my favorite shots from that and i haven't i've only seen that movie twice and i still kind of remember him going walking through that spanish church and just how beautiful it was uh independence day okay id4 uh incorporating for me it would be incorporating um special effects into a a, i'd say a successful storyline okay no matter how bizarre it is um that on paper screams like it should be a very poor movie Mm. like moonfall okay i would i don't think there's much of a difference uh and that the fact that it was made in 98 and so i think holds up relatively well to this day Uh, i think it does a great job with the with special effects and and you know just a really Maybe simple story, kind of. I mean, aliens are going to take over the world. High concept film that just, I think knocks it out. And then adaptation. Okay. I think adaptations are really it's a it's a fun it's a fun look at uh, writing. I Interesting. Okay. Kaufman. Kind I got of, a I've got a good idea of what I want to which ones I want to pick now. You got a better idea? Yes. All so right. I'm still going to go with Drive. Okay. Um, I that's a great one too. By the way, I mean I th- I think that should you. go in there. Uh, so for sure, Drive. Um, I'm gonna say The Hunt with Mads Mikkelsen Ooh. came out 2012. It's a Danish film, so Why? you get the foreign uh, oh, okay. film in there. Um, I think it's a good foreign film for people to watch. I definitely encourage people to watch it for sure. Like a character study? Yes. Uh, well, not necessarily character study, just like a a good like emotional story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of ending things. Oh yeah, you love that film. I love that film to death. Just like the the different metaphors and symbolism and and like you said with adaptation the writing i mean it's charlie kaufman yeah the writing is is one of the strongest parts about the movie um john wick because i think it's really good yeah a really good example of like fight choreography in a film um Mm -hmm. it is kind of like a keanu reeves resurgence and uh it's very stylistically made too so you can appreciate it from a, a cinematography standpoint yeah um, and then it's a hard pick, but I think I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with the 2003 old boy, um, Ooh. because it is a great example of, and it came out almost 20 years ago now, which is kind of insane to think about, but is a right. great example of a really good modern tragedy. Um, it's a good point. And it, it kind of takes that concept of a revenge story like John Wick. I love it to death, but it is kind of like a straightforward revenge film. Yes. Uh, old boy kind of takes that concept and flips it on its head while yeah. still being an effective part of that genre. Um, and I really love it for that reason. And um, yeah, I mean, that, I don't want to give, I mean, we're not giving anything away. No. Uh, but uh, it's all, it, I wouldn't say believable, but to the point where when that happens, it, you know. Yeah. The, it, the, the way that things play out yes. is is very believable yeah, for which, the situations the characters find themselves in. what happens is, I think, incredible. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, we answered that pretty nicely. Um, 
So well, his, listen, we're our only judges, so we kick ass on everything that we answer. If you don't like it, go fuck yourself. Absolutely. Besides our followers, hey, shout we out. love you guys. Mwah. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> okay, his next question is, what movie road trip would you most like to join? Movie road trip. Um, I It's not my favorite film, but I kind of like the... The Milo trip Notice? that, no, not Milo Notice. Fuck Milo Notice. Um, animal abuse. Uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say uh, the characters in um, Fanboys, that uh, Star Wars film. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I guess like Star Wars. It could could you call that a Star Wars film? It's about Star Wars, pretty much. Um, but I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, it's the fanboys. Star boys. Wars is trademark, so I don't, I don't think they'd accept it. Maybe not. Yeah, it's George, kind of like a tribute to Star Wars. Yeah, George um, Lucas would probably like because he's probably like super egotistical, like right. Have it like stripped down a, on his doorstep. They're making a movie it. about my movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I like, I like the the trip that those guys take. It's kind of like a a rekindling of a friendship and. Uh, I, I like the uh, the the physical journey that they're on that they they go through. I think it's uh, kind of wholesome in a way. Yeah. So I'd say that. Cool. I uh, I, I had two. Uh, one was uh, Vigo Mortensen in The Road. <laughs> it's very uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, to each their own. Literally a road trip. <laughs> the, 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 the world might be in disarray. But I would be his son. And move him <laughs> along. <laughs> oh, can I be your dad? Yeah. Can I be Vigo? <laughs> no, I, I'm 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 31 year old me with Vigo. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then can I be the naked the the black dude? The naked black guy? Yeah. I don't remember. Can I be one of the dudes in the basement? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> all right, we're we're saying too much about this film. <laughs> we're giving it all away. Yeah. Uh. No, so and then I, the one that I was, uh, I'd be more inclined to would be Ready to Rumble uh, with Gordy and Sean. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Gordy, Ready to Rumble? Yeah. Can you give me like a reason? Why I would do it? So yeah. Ready to Rumble is about two guys that go and watch the king and is, uh, well, he's in a wrestling match uh, and something happens and they have to go save him and get his career back. So it's them traveling across the United States with the king and trying to figure things out and get him taken care of and... It's a comedy, lighthearted comedy, if you will. Okay. But those guys are more up, probably my alley, being meatheads uh, and finding entertainment in very, you know, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, carnal ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's just, you know. I'm your word guy. I'm here for you. Yeah, I was about to say, it's uh, that, that I think that would be a fun one. And especially they're in an RV. Okay. So it's not like a van. Well, I guess some of it, depending on where you're at, I would be in the in the RV with the King and Gordy and Sean. Okay. And it would be getting back to Montana. Sounds like a good reason. Yeah. Um, I like that answer. Uh, his next question is, uh, any movie watching goals? Um, oh. I guess I can only speak for myself for this, but uh, I, I have mentioned this before, and it's still the case for this year, is that I try to watch two new movies a week that I haven't seen before. Um. You know, and I I try not to like limit myself to any particular kind of movie, any particular genre. It's just whatever I'm feeling that day. Sometimes I only feel like watching a 90 minute movie. Sometimes I have time to kill and I watch something that's three hours long. Sometimes I'll watch a foreign film. Sometimes I'll watch a movie that came out in 1980. 
It just depends on the mood and depends on the time. Sometimes those movies are the ones that are recommended on this podcast, and I count those towards my my count. But uh, after the year is up and I've watched all the movies that have uh, resulted in my, I guess, self-imposed goal, uh, I make a video about it. And I've done that only once last year, Um, but it's something that I found is really fun to do. And it's kind of like a good exercise into uh, trying to to expose yourself to more films. And uh, I I just, I really enjoy it and I'm going to keep doing it for as long as I can. So I guess there's that. Um, What about you, McLean? I can only speak for Kyle and his movie watching goals of watching two new movies a week. Uh, no, I, I think mine is to learn a little bit more about uh, movies, maybe maybe the technical aspects of movies, um, being able to identify maybe like, you know, c- cinematography, maybe describing a mood or what's going on or being able to recognize, uh, you know, the camera, or the director talking to me without necessarily letting us know what's going on so mm-hmm. just to get better at, at you know watching film yeah you know i i kind of think a little more critically about it yeah break it down a little bit more come up with more conspiracy theories all that shit you know so that's where i'm kind of i'd like to do a little bit more um learning yes growth um speaking of learning and growth his next question boners are there any talks on using imdb or googling for facts about the movies you watch and discuss no no piss off uh, Andrew Austin has uh, <laughs> our next set of questions. It's a coffee shop format. <laughs> Sorry. I love you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my brother. Um, <laughs> uh, Andrew has these set of questions. His first one is, uh, what fake item from a movie would you want in the real world? And he gives the examples of lightsaber from Star Wars, Infinity Gauntlet with the stones yeah. from Marvel, etc. Um, so it, I mean, the listeners are kind of pondering this too, right? Like I'm just thinking about that. I mean, they're getting our 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 intake, but yeah, man. and that's kind of like the goal of like posting a questions thread, I guess, is like to have people think about what they would answer. Well, I mean, even right now, listening, yeah, maybe they didn't pose a question, but they hear this. I, I, these are all great questions. I mean, I would be kind of interested in what you know. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, I feel like a lot of it's, I, I my my default, where my brain wants to go is of course like a lot of superhero stuff i mean oh yeah who wouldn't want thor's hammer who wouldn't want captain america's shield who wouldn't want iron man's suit like all that is pretty like straightforward i'm trying to think of an item that like isn't in the superhero genre and it's a little tough um i guess it would be really cool to have like the coins that are in the john wick films like the Mm the the currency that they use so i can like go into like secret societies and like different hidden places and like have access to all that stuff that'd be kind of neat you'd have to know where to go though right you'd have to know where to go but i mean if you if you have a coin and you like flash it at as like so many people eventually one of them's gonna be like "Mm?" you know and they'll reciprocate something they they definitely could do that (laughs) that is a possibility (laughs) not i yes um i like that yeah that's cool I want. Uh, is that it? Do you got? Is there any? Um, if I think of more, I'll I'll say something. But that's there, all I got. For I think right now. the ark. I was gonna go with the ark of the covenant. Um, but That'd I think dangerous. that's real. <laughs> it's real, and uh, not only that, but like if it actually did what it does in the movie, I feel like that'd be really, really risky, uh, to to have around. You know. 
I mean, I'd fucking set my drinks on it. Might might melt your face off, but hey, at least no, you'll have a nice table. There was that. Yeah, that that was that was some symbolism going on. No, 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 no. My answer, no, my answer is actually Inception. I want the the suitcase from Inception. Okay. That would be the. I think that'd be awesome to be able to go in and create your own universe in your dreams. Yeah. And it's not. Even, it'd be like Oculus, except for eight hours. That'd be cool. Unless your conscious attacks you. Um. The uh the fake girlfriend from uh Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh where you can like buy the little capsule and she like follows you around the house. She's just a hologram, but I don't know. That'd be kinda neat. That would be kinda I thought you were gonna go with Lars and the real girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah. Uh Speaking of Blade Runner 2049. Oh, segue. Uh, his you next question is, question. Uh, what movie set in the future do you think will become a reality, good or bad? And he gives examples of Blade Runner 2049, WALL-E, Ready Player One, Dune, Interstellar, Looper, et cetera, et cetera. He gives a lot of examples. Not really, uh, didn't leave us much to work with, I think this, Andy. Was, this was kind of fruitful. It is, yeah. I went with, well, what'd you go with? Am I going or? Um, is Prometheus in the future? I don't know if necessarily. Prometheus. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if necessarily will become like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but I mean, we've certainly already kind of adopted that style. I feel like that sort of like gloomy cityscape with like the neon lights scattered everywhere and like the droning like. You know, we've yeah. already got like these weird ambient sounds that you wouldn't get in like a forest or anything, you know, cars going off and like planes flying overhead. It's just kind of already there. So it's not totally unbelievable that that would be where we're headed, but I feel like we're a little further off than the year 2049. Um, me personally. Uh, otherwise, um, do you have any, any answers? Mm-hmm. I went with Elysium. Okay. Have you seen that? Yeah. The the more so like the planet Earth itself, just like being in an improv impoverished state, like everybody's. Well, just I think I mean you already homeless. see uh, you know billionaires starting to take over, mm-hmm. population growth widespread. Yeah, the wealth Earth, inequality. Yeah, I mean Earth kind of. Well, no, I'm just talking about. I mean, fucking, you know, we're just using her up. Yeah, uh, you know, so you colonize space, and only the wealthy can get up there, and then they look down at us, and then so there's a little bit of the population kind of hurting going on you mm-hmm. know and uh yeah i mean i could definitely see that and then it's just spatial is going back and forth yeah um i don't think of elysium a rewatch i remember it being okay no it's not that great but i mean <laughs> in, in terms of the question like definitely i could see bezos fucking colonizing the moon right and making a halo ring basically yeah just shuttling you know the rich because at some point you're so it well, you might get on there with your fucking coins that you're gonna take. <laughs> yeah, all my all my John Wick gold coins. Yeah, you flash that at enough people, <laughs> you're gonna be on the moon with them. Or I'll get shot. I'm telling one of the two. It's going one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're gonna run into the wrong guy or not. Um, I I just thought of this. I think this is a decent answer. Um, and it's not really a movie; it's a TV show. But uh, Black Mirror, I feel like has a lot sure. of potential for for a lot of the concepts in that show to be real and it it kind of scares me especially with like the ai yeah sort of technology that's uh moving forward so you don't think terminator is gonna happen then maybe not terminator necessarily but uh we we are already like in a in a sort of such a jaded world that 
any mm-hmm. sort of funk in a technological way we would just kind of adapt as like a new way of living just naturally with just how things are. Yeah. It would just become kind of like black mirror. I feel like, um, sure. Oculus takes over with the way that they like the way that they treat people in those shows or in those episodes. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not too far off. We already treat people like shit. It's just that we don't, we don't have the technology that is in black mirror specifically yet. When we get there, it's going to be implemented that way no matter what, I feel like. Yeah. So, I guess that's my end-all, be-all answer. <laughs> there we go. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. And Elysium. And Elysium. Uh, and Blade Runner. All those good ones. Um, Justin has a set of questions for us. His first one, my boy Quentin, Quentin Tarantino, doesn't get enough mentions. I don't need you to rank all nine features, but could you give me maybe your favorite four? And uh, I'm glad he said four and not five because I think I've only seen four Quentin Tarantino. No, that's not true. I've seen five. Um, but yeah, I've only seen five Quentin Tarantino. So films. someone's not getting listed then. Um, no. And uh, I do have like a full list of like all the ones I've seen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I'll tell you which one's the last one. You're, you got five. Or you'll. Yeah, here's something. You'll have to guess which one's the last one. I know. That's what I was gonna say. Don't tell it. And then. Yeah. Yeah. Have, yeah. Okay. Be, we'll do I'd that. I'd be interested because I, I. That's what I was gonna say. Do four. And now it's like, well, there's five left, and I got to pick one of them. Yeah. Yeah. You have to figure out which one's number five. Oh my god! It could be a shot in the heart. Too. Okay. That'd so be awful. My number one is Django Unchained. Uh-huh. love that film yeah it's not only my favorite quentin tarantino but just like one of my favorite films of all time um inglorious bastards is number two yes really enjoy that film yes. um i need to watch it more but i just get so enwrapped in django number three is once upon a time in hollywood i think that film uh is so happy that you said that yeah <laughs> i knew you'd be proud of that one <laughs> at least um <laughs> I think you that film is with Tarantino though. So I'm not I think that I'm film is just a good you. time. Like it's just uh you know, it's a good look at the sixties in, in Hollywood and you're just hanging out with Leo and Brad Pitt the entire time. Time capsule piece hanging out with two great guys. <laughs> yep, exactly. Guys being dudes. Yeah. <laughs> What's better than that? Um my number four is pulp fiction. Yep. So Mac, what's my number five? Uh Kill Bill. Nope, haven't seen it. Okay, that rolls out another one. Uh, <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. Yes. Number five. Number five is Reservoir Dogs, wow. and I think it's a, for, you know, based on all five movies that I've seen, I think it's a fair spot. It's it's not a bad film by any means, but oh. it's definitely Quentin Tarantino's first, and uh, well, you can tell he was like like finding his footing in terms of like his style and what kind of movies he wanted to make, character development and timeline and how he manipulates the timeline. I th- I mean you. You're literally going from like ten to nine point five. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not like it, there's a drop off. Like, right. You know, you're going from one step into the pool to the second what, fucking rung. Exactly. So I feel pretty good about mine. What about you? Uh, so my list is number one. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I knew that I, was coming, dude. Like I, I might go home and watch it tonight. Nice. Like it might just be like a little treat for myself. You're gonna have a long night. <laughs> uh, I love that movie. <laughs> It won't be long for me. Um, number two is Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Um, number three is Pulp Fiction. All Actually, right. Pulp Fiction's up there. Pulp Fiction was a movie that was on uh, HBO, and I remember for some reason always seeing the cover at Blockbuster. Yeah. And I just remember like 
my dad saying like don't you can't watch this film or you shouldn't watch you know whatever it was mm-hmm. and i think i was like 11 or 12 and it was on hbo at 2 a.m and fucking watched the whole thing and did not understand it but like you know awesome and then number four um so we did tarantino films i don't know where this constitute constitutes as a film because you know it was posed as a question of tarantino films he wrote a film called true romance uh and it was directed by tony scott uh so tarantino wrote this film uh i don't know how tony scott got it from him but huh there's a little bit more behind it, but it's a it's a fantastic uh, Tony Scott Days of Thunder, the last the last Boy Scout, Crimson Tide, the Fan, Enemy of the State. So, anyways, um, I and it's one of the films. The reason why I bring it up is because I think it, it's a lesser known film. Okay, not a lot of people watch, but Tarantino has his hand all over it in terms of character development. The there's more vignettes, I will say. So it's not necessarily a splicing of the timelines. You know, where it's, it jumps back and forth, but there are different things going on. So it's almost kind of like vignettes, a series of vignettes with these really rich characters. And and the ability to make um, the characters, I mean, somewhat more than one-dimensional yeah. in a series of five minutes, I think takes a lot of fucking effort and mm. skill. And it he seriously does it. And the, it's, it goes along. So I, I would recommend And that's why, I, Justin, if when you get to listen to this, or anyone that hasn't seen True Romance, check it out. I would be remiss if I didn't mention at least that I'm a little sad that Django didn't even make your list. Um, but you know what? It's your list. You live how you want. I'm Django's gonna, right there. I mean, I, I'm going to do my best not to try not to judge you too hard, I guess. That's <laughs> all right. I mean, hey, I gotta. I had to get true romance on it because I don't think, I mean, you own it. It's a little bit of a, you know, a sneaky pick. I don't know if it really counts in the spirit of the question, but it is a Tarantino film. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking amazing. I don't think anyone really talks about it nearly enough. Um, that's a that's a good uh, that's a good poignant point. Um, his next question is: uh, Love it or hate it? Directors making cameos in their movies. Speaking of Tarantino, um, so uh, I guess we can start with him. Uh, I was not really distracted by him in Pulp Fiction. He kind of has like a acting role in Pulp Fiction, like he's a character in that movie. Um, you know, like I think his name's what Jimmy or something. Um, he plays a role in the story, whereas like in Django Unchained, he makes a cameo in that, and he's like kind of distracting a little bit. Yeah, like he he's he comes across as like really goofy, and I mean the whole movie's kind of like silly in a way, but he's just really like he's, he's incredibly just, campy. He's just hamming it up, and it's it's really like. It kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit. I don't bit. even know why they had to make him Australian. Yeah, exactly. He can't even do an Australian accent. Yeah, it didn't make sense, and he's the one that wrote it. Yeah. Was he, shut up, Black. Yeah. <laughs> something. I. <laughs> something really like. So dumb. Really on the nose. Um, I, and like I just said, it depends on, it depends on like the role that they play in the story, how good of an actor they are, and, and how like distracting it could be. Because if you've got, if you got someone like, um, Let's say you're watching The Hunt, and this doesn't happen, but let's say, like, Tomas Vinterberg comes on screen, and he, like, plays a character that interacts with Mads Mikkelsen. Like, that that wouldn't be too distracting, because Tomas Vinterberg isn't really, like, a household name. Like, yeah, I couldn't tell you what he looks like. Right. Um, so, it really wouldn't take me out of that movie, because he's not, like such a such a well-known, like, personality or, like, a figure in cinema, whereas, like... 
somebody like David Lynch, I feel like if he just like pops up on screen and like starts talking, I feel like that might take me out of the movie just because he's such a big personality already. Like I know who David Lynch is more than I know his films. And, uh, I know, I know he too, like has made some appearances in his own work. And I feel like, I feel like that would be like take away from the story. Just knowing the fact that he, he's the director sure, and he's just like right there. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way or no, whatever. I, I, the way I kind of was, I, I read it and I was like, I, I, I don't like it, but I don't have a problem with it. If that makes sense. I was kind of like my, my analogy was, I was like, if you were a coach and you called a play to, you know, get a layup, mm-hmm. but the game's out of hand, like interesting, it doesn't impact anything that you do. Yeah. It'd be really weird to see, you know, Bill Belichick on the field with the team up 35, nothing. Or, I mean, I know there's no sport talk here, but like, <laughs> you know, it, it'd be weird to see a, like, uh, the, you know, Fruitport head coach step onto the field at like one of the high school games and like he just ran in a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Like, you'd be like, what the fuck is that? You that, know, but at the it. same token, if it's like 35 to dick, like, yeah, I guess like, okay, you know. And so it's a little distracting in a way, in a sense, yeah. but I don't think as long as there aren't any stakes. Right. You know, in terms of like just pure cameo, it can be a little distracting. But then you have some movies where the director is the star of the movie. Like he wrote it. He directed it. He George stars Clooney. in it. Yeah. <laughs> George Clooney. Exactly. Like uh, you get those few cases where like, OK, he clearly like has a vision and a character to play. Like there's a purpose to Bradley him being Cooper. in there because he wrote the character with him playing it in mind. Um, whereas like just a, just a cameo, like in Django from Quentin Tarantino is just like, all right, this is a little much like you're kind of, <laughs> yeah. you're kind of like a little too self-involved in that scene. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't take me out. I mean, it's, yeah, it doesn't take me out all that much. I don't agree with it though. I mean, I yeah. would much rather have someone that's, you know, yeah, give it, give it, give it a little more of a purpose than just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm in the movie in the background. If yeah. you look like right there, there's me. Um, it, it can it can go one way or another. Um, mm-hmm. It just it depends. It's a case by case thing. Yeah. Um, our last question comes from my friend Lauren, who has designed our logo. Shout out. Um, Thank you, Lauren. Yes. If you could summarize yourself as three movie or television characters, who would they be and why? And I have I have answers for this. I actually wrote them down today. Um, if uh, if you want me to go first, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I don't have, I don't, I I struggle. I'm like, might, I don't think there's. Any might give there. you some ideas. Um, so uh, I, I obviously I had to pick three. Um, one of them is an interesting one. We'll get to that last. But uh, the first one I picked was Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood, uh-huh. and this is more so my work personality than anything because I feel like sometimes at work I can be a little harsh to people. And a little blunt when I need to be in the same way that Daniel Plainview is when it comes to getting oil from where he wants. And uh, I'm also a little like kind of bombastic at work sometimes. I'm very, very exaggerated and a little like sometimes I just scream just because, you know. Sure. Primal. Yeah. very. I'm very animalistic at <laughs> At, at, at the Sam's Club, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is kind of similar to Daniel Plainview in that way. Yeah. Um, the next character I picked was Carl Allen, who's Jim Carrey from Yes Man. Just kind of like base personality. Like he's just kind of silly. Yeah. Just, just a dude who's just trying to get through life. 
This kind of just me, a little goofy, a little silly. Yeah. But I, you know, yeah, I, I, t- I make some funny voices sometimes, and I just, I try. <clears throat> anyway, um, <laughs> see, moving yeah. on. <laughs> uh, the last one I picked, I actually like combined kind of two characters because they're basically the same character. Sure. Um, Tim Lake from About Time and Caleb Smith from Ex Machina. They're both played by Donald Gleason. So you're just saying you're Donald Gleason. I'm kind of Donald Gleason okay. a little bit. All right. He's just kind of like this nerdy, sort of shy dude who uh, has like kind of a hard time connecting with some people, especially people that he's never met before. Yeah. And uh, is a little bit awkward, but he's he's you know he's a nice dude. He's a kind guy. He's a good old chap, and yeah. uh, he's just trying to do the best he can. You know, basically the same character. Donald I would, Gleason plays I mean, himself. Like if you wrote yourself into a script, like I feel like Donald would play you. I, you know, I feel the same way. Yeah. Maybe that's why I like Donald Gleason so much is because yeah. I see myself in him. A lot, a lot of, yeah. Mostly like my high school self. Oh. Early college. Okay. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. A little bit of a yeah. He's, yeah, a, he's yeah. a little bit more of a of a meek kind of character. Doesn't really interact with a whole yeah, lot of people that he doesn't witty know. Witty and smart, you but know? he still a has like sense of humor. Yeah, he still got a little bit of something there, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that definitely something you could pull out. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I like those. I, I mean, I tried to think about this one. I struggled with this. I couldn't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really. I don't. It's a hard question. Well, I mean, it it, it really is, and you watch stuff because I like your takeaway with some of the some of your aspects. Mm. Uh, so actually, there's two. I, I'm not gonna. There's I got. So I'll do three. But two are from the same film. Okay. And it's actually funny. <laughs> uh, I don't know about funny, and it's gonna. It don't roll your eyes, but uh, one is uh, Walter Sobchak and <laughs> the Big Lebowski. Okay. That sometimes the uncontrollable rage. All uh, right. <laughs> the standing for principles that only make sense to you. <laughs> nice. And you know, kind of like getting upset with people about. Yeah. Maybe not understanding or not knowing your plight. Mm-hmm. So like I was like, I'm definitely like I have moments of Walter mm-hmm. where I just like just lose it for no, and it's like no reason whatsoever. Like, I should <laughs> be there, and I have a lot of because the other one is Jeffrey Lebowski. They're like complete opposite sides of the spectrum. I have a lot of like the laid back kind of. Hey, we're just floating on. Yeah, you know, like uh, a little bit. I'm trying to think. Like one scene that strikes me is when he's with Maud, uh-huh. right? And uh, they procreate, and she wants. She's trying S- to slight spoilers for Big Lebowski. Yeah, we not, talked. We talked about it. We talked about it, but yeah. you know, people might not have listened to that episode. It's true. So, well, that's not even a spoil. Well, no, I don't. Slight know. spoiler. That's slight, why I said slight spoiler. Slight. Spo- I agree with that. So, anyways, um, you know, when he's going on, he's talking about the Seattle Seven, and mm-hmm. he did his work, and it was just kind of like for the time being that might've been like somewhat impactful, but here he is. And it's just still like, you know, I did that. And I kind of feel like I've, I've had some moments like that where I talk to people about things that I've done mm-hmm. or, you know, at the time it was somewhat big, but it's still, it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, it, it's here and there. Um, and really it's just my laid backness, but no, I, I there's a mixture of the two. Okay. Uh, and then the last one was, um, <laughs> I was trying to find an idiot savant. <laughs> The only one I go with Rain Man. (laughs) No, I came up with John Nash from A Beautiful Mind. 
Oh. But so he's it's not it's Savan, he's more schizophrenic. I was gonna say he's had schizophrenia. <laughs> well like I've been like, you know, doing football and whatnot. I've 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 I, multiple people have called me an, like an idiot savant. You know, like you're like some of the shit that we just that you just rattle off sometimes is just either simple or stupid, however it goes. But I've had enough people roll their eyes at me when I get going on something and you know, so I don't think you're an idiot. I just think you're a savant, Mac. Hey, thanks. Happy and I Valentine's think, Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Domwell. Hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Walter. What's his? What's your last I name? I think it's Soapcheck. Yeah, Walter Soapcheck. Thank you, Walter Soapcheck. I mean, am I going fucking nuts? <laughs> I have Buddy's face down in Nam. <laughs> what was all that line? stuff about Nam, man? <laughs> That's probably one of my favorite lines in the movie. Oh honestly. my god! Where the, at the at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he gives the speech. <laughs> no, it is so fucking. Oh my god! It's just out of left field. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> they, they acknowledge it too, which makes it even better. It's so great. God, that movie is fucking fantastic. Um, oh, I might watch that tonight too. Uh, all right. I guess uh, that answers all the questions for now. Um. We have more questions, but we'll answer them uh, next episode. Dope. So I guess I'm gonna be on the other end of that. Maybe I'm not gonna be able to write anything down. No, but I think you'll you'll have some things to say. Okay, that's for sure. Always. Um, speaking of uh, having things to say, I get to say what my film pick is. Oh shit! For episode fourteen, recommendation. Absolutely. I'm gonna recommend that you see this fucking film. Yes. Sorry. You better see it. Yeah. <laughs> I will kill you if you don't. Um Ooh. so I'm gonna do something that we really haven't done uh not too much before. We've kind of done something like this, but sure. not exactly. I'm going to recommend a trilogy. A trilogy? Yes. What? Uh we're gonna watch three films. We for... can do this? Yes. We can. You wanna know why? Because it's our podcast. We can do what we want. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. Start, I'm going to start fucking... I'll, well, you didn't know that you could do that? Three films... All right. Well, let's hear what they are. Okay. Yeah. These films, I don't even need to look anything up about them. No. I know them like the back of both of my hands. War of the Rings. I have a lot of invested interest in these films. They're some of my favorites. Harry Potter. They are ones that I would die for. Blade Runner. Um. They are ones that I have written my college thesis about. Whoa, this is getting freaking talk about a V Day gift. And uh, that's something that we can talk about for next episode when you and I discuss the John Wick trilogy. What? I feel like it's time. I feel like we have to do it. Um, that's an easy. Those are there's easy there's some of my favorite films Ugh. like ever made. Really well done action films, uh, of course, starring Keanu Reeves, all directed by Chad Stahelski. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about those three films, the ones that are all out so far, um, because they are making a fourth one. I've heard. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. But I figured uh, we could delve into the first three movies that are out, kind of talk about those, give our thoughts, our opinions, our little goofs and gaffs, and uh, talk about John Wick. Wunderbar. Awesome. Uh, how does that sound? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, eye candy. I, <laughs> I, was, I was getting nervous that you're going to go with, uh, 
<laughs> not going to say any disturbing films whatsoever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not given any ammunition to watch things that need to change our, our, our perspective on life. All right. All right. Um, so, that sounds great. I'm not going to lie. And there's a basketball star in the third one. So Yes, you know, there is. I get to talk about sport ball. Yes, you do for a little bit. Yeah. Before I cut you off. Yeah. And there's no more fucking references to the Detroit Rams. Exactly. All right. I'll cut that out. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so if you want to uh, uh, listen to us discuss the John Wick films in detail, be sure to watch all three of those. Yeah. John Wick, John Wick Chapter 2, and John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. Are we HBO Max? Is that where you can find them? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Um, I like how he said find twice. Yes, absolutely, because you will find yourself in immense joy after you watch them orgasm of the eyes that's what i like to call it especially (laughs) when they cry yep you're not wrong (laughs) um so yeah just be sure to watch those movies so that you're not spoiled for them for episode 14 um dude we're already up to 14 yes we are man that's insane i know it's it's crazy It, it time man it just it just flops or whatever they say you know yeah, the stone said it best. Yeah. Kenneth Braggle. Um <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to episode 13. Uh, you can find us on YouTube if you search the Neon Crew podcast. We're also on Spotify too. And our website, www.neoncrewpodcast.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I've decided that I'm going to use Instagram in sort of a different way. Okay. I'm going to start using it... Uh, hopefully on a weekly basis to recommend films that I like and have uh, really enjoyed in the past and maybe the present too. Um, so, so far I've, the only film I've recommended on there is uh, Columbus, which is a 2017 film that stars John Cho. It is a uh, drama film heard about that one. directed by uh, Koganada, who is a South Korean born American filmmaker. Uh-huh. And, uh, I really loved that film. I thought nice. it was really fantastic, and uh, it's sort of a slow burn, but I think it's definitely worth the watch, and I definitely think more people need to see it. So check that out when you guys get a chance, and uh, thank you guys again for listening. And uh, Mac, any parting words? WWTHD. Bye, everyone.